And welcome back to WTF Invana Deal with Spicy and the Fox Danger. And come with Fox and me, and you'll see a world of pure mechanical inclination as we're going to cover all DD mechanics today. Hey. Eh? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing exactly that. Um, yeah, we plan to. Uh, uh, cover some uh, DD mechanics in uh, part two of the uh, the trilogy that I'm trying to throw together here. Um, last time we covered tanks and like what mechanics they interact with, and I tried to relate it to the other types of jobs too, um, just so you know that it is all one interconnected web. Um, this one will focus on your ability to deal damage and the other mechanics that DDs interact with. So looking forward to being able to break all that down. And you know, last time I said it wasn't going to be continuous because it wasn't supposed to be continuous. We had our first ever <laughs> double guest cancellation. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of clusterfuck of an episode. Oh, I thought it'd be fun. But, but um, I guess it, 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 it would be. I'm just being a downer as always. Okay. Debbie Down syndrome. Whoa. I thought Eric's plays by uh, German rules. And, he, you know, if he says he's going to be there, he just shows up. He doesn't cancel that damn good reason. Him and his static doing Ambuscade. What are we? Well, less important than Ambuscade, obviously. <laughs> so how are you, Fox? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just been taking it easy. It's been nice to have uh, some time off, not have to think about anything. It means I've been napping a lot. Um, also means that I've just been throwing together just completely harebrained strategies in this game. Uh, I've been working on uh, cruel joke strats for a while, and I've really got that system down. I went ahead and posted in our Discord the um, the methodology for it using two blues and no tanks, and it's an incredibly effective run. Yeah, you mentioned that last but time. Outside so. of that, yeah, yeah. Um, before we were using like two DPS blues, and we were just buffing them for evasion, but we still had some deaths, and hate was kind of weird. So I've done this system. And it's on, correct. Uh, nobody had enmity spell set or anything. So um, well, what I do, problem. yeah. So we we shuffled some people around. Um, Abject volunteered to go scholar because he has a great scholar, um, and he can main heal like a boss anyway. So I ended up going on Blue Mage, and I have my Blue Mage spec'd out for enmity control and support. Uh, so I'm treating it like a paladin that can evade like a boss. I get over 1,700 evasion. Basically, nothing can hit you. And then um, I just spam AoE spells, and I just kind of go with that same theory that I've talked about before, where as long as you tank the mob for long enough to for weapon skills to get off, that's all you really need to accomplish. And between that and being able to uh, tank the NMs that get spawned, um, it's not too difficult to hold hate, even though, guys, I'm not a real tank. Um, but I do, I do. <laughs> well, act, you're better than Puppet Master. Actually, fill the job of one. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no way that you'd be able to hold a. We hate that way. That would just be sending your puppet into. Well, I just meant in general, die. a dancer or a blue mage is a more flexible and better tank than a puppet master, and it's one dimension. It's one trick of trying not to take damage. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but that's about it for me, man. Uh, how what have you been? What have you been uh, up to? Am I going to mention pup every episode now, Fox? I think so, man. I think you have a thickness. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i trying to beat that dead horse until its eyes pop out. Oh, don't worry. I'll be beating a dead horse this episode, too. Uh, So on the real life front, if we're going to do how am I how I am, uh, you know, we recorded a few days ago to catch up on our, you know, no one else knew that besides us because we release on a weekly <laughs> cycle. But we recording a few days apart. So it's good to see you again, Fox. Yeah, man. Uh, You know, uh, I'm having a grisette right now. Very, very awesome, hard-to-find type of beer. I love grisette. It's uh, relative to a Sasson. 
So it's like a farmhouse ale with this one, you know, typically happens to be a wheat ale. So very enjoyable, very good for the warmer weather that's coming. Uh, Carrot's charging port in her phone is almost broken. So yippee, that's now my problem. Now I got to fix that, which I do. You got to do that awkward thing where you have to like, like hold it at an angle to get it to charge. Like you have to set it on a book just right. No, what's even more annoying is you would think, because most of the problems I've seen with charging ports in the past for phones, because I've had to replace mine a couple of times over the years, because that's what usually breaks in a phone if it's not, you know, the screen or something, is, you know, with micro USB B, I mean, uh, that type, it was inserting it the wrong way, you know, one time. Eventually the port gets worn out more, you know, quickly. USB C is supposed to wear the port out less. Uh, you know, is often uh, so because you just stick it in, it works. It's it works in both directions. So if you yeah. stick in the the plug now, it doesn't work one way. You flip it over because it. I mean, it's an identical size. It's identical connections on both sides of the plug. So it's not like it, you change anything and then you flip it over and it starts charging slowly. Like if reminiscent of the old days when smartphones were transitioning over, and you plugged in the old flip phone charger into a smartphone, it would say <laughs> charging slowly. So I'm like, ah, oh, that's Gross. not making proper contact so now i have to go find some chinese charging port and then shove it in a phone oh boy yeah, yeah i got the same kind of port i just haven't run into that problem yet so i know you're talking yeah about. i've this is the first time i had it happen with usbc it's you know i've gone through several usbc phones not that i get a new phone anytime soon i've run on one for years but you know anyway yeah, i don't i don't really get that though like I, I know a lot of people like upgrade their phone all the time and i just don't understand it like mine still does what it's supposed to do I, so I usually keep it until it just completely falls apart. I have a, I got a, I have a CDMA phone, which is a Verizon and Sprint uh, network phone. Yeah. doesn't work with the global networks, the the GSMs, the AT&T and, and other countries nope. networks at T-Mobile's. Uh, so I got a phone back, shit, was it five, six years ago now? A OnePlus 3. They're on like OnePlus 7 now, maybe OnePlus 7.5, whatever it is. And uh, I still use it. I carry around, well, not, I don't carry around two phones anymore. I used to for years, uh, but now I just keep it at home and use it for, you know, HBO Max and all that. But anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> still use it. It's a good phone. I, I use like it a long time. And for reading all nice. the terrible, terrible things I get, it'll be in the nightstand and I will read all the terrible emails we get from people. You know, I actually wanted to bring up one thing that I saw uh, get posted to the Discord from, um, we don't, I, I don't think we have a worst thread of the week. But I did see something that can cause the worst threat of the week. And that was when I was responding to that, that guy talking about learning the blue spell and saying that the wiki needed to be updated because oh, he didn't learn the spell geez. where it can be learned. That was on yeah, auction man, that's, today, wasn't that's it? super dangerous. Um, I, I think it was a screenshot of a post from auction house saying that somebody needed to update it. And it's not true. Like just because you don't get the spell yeah. where it says you get it. Quotes. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, but yeah, I saw that, and just like that, that that perpetuates bad things because, like, let's say somebody actually did go in and and change that so that it's wrong, right? And say nobody caught it. Well, that could perpetuate that whole thing that people think the BG's wrong or some crazy crap like that, and you know, but that's the community shooting itself in the foot because one person wasn't able to learn their spell or whatever. That's because they're retarded. Sorry. Oh man, not sorry. So, yeah, speaking of BG, been working on the Dragoon Guide for a while. That is eating up the little bits of free time I have here and there just ridiculously because certain things don't take much effort, as you might imagine they don't. But when you're trying to min-max an accuracy set that you need to share with everyone, so it has to be of a certain proof-edited tier, and it just takes yeah. 
you would think it wouldn't take too long, but then you look and you've spent two hours over the course of the day at random points trying to think of everything you could think of, and you go, why the fuck do I do this, stupid fucking guy? Or when you talk to me about going hours and hours out of your way of uh, proving Kalman's Torment is an okay weapon skill sometimes? Uh, yes, I did spend time on that. And it's, it was ne- no one ever doubted it was. It was that with the new PDL gear, so if you have Gladys, the plus two neck and all that, there is a very niche you wouldn't know really when you're hitting it, but it is a mathematically on paper very real scenario that you will never sit, so it's not a real one scenario, where you're <laughs> not capping attack, but you have enough buffs that Camlins is ignoring enough defense to put you into the PDL range where you're taking advantage of it. So you could put out better weapon skills very narrowly, like very narrowly, but at least it's your self-skill chaining with Camlins as opposed to Drake's Bane or something uh, over Stardiver, but it's not something that's worth trying to uh, thread the, the needle there. Yeah, to put it into layman's terms, uh, like that would require a mob of a very specific defense level and you to have a very specific attack level in order to pull off. And it's just, it's not realistic because there's no way you can actually identify that as a player when it's actively going on. I mean, you could take a guess. I would say if right. you're fighting absolute, not absolute virtue, geez, Water of Courage, and for some reason the fight is not over by the time Bolster is uh, off, then as long as it's still on with normal buffs and debuffs, I would assume I'm capable of hitting that with Camlins as long as you know you got your you know, frailty and, and everything else is still on, maybe even J-Aid, preferably, and stuff like that, then yeah, you yeah. should still be able to hit it. But I still would just use Stardiver because Screw you. There's less risk. I guess we're already doing the DD mechanics thing now, aren't we? Well, yeah. Hey, spoilers. Uh, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit, and I guess I kind of got ahead of myself. But yeah, I definitely want to talk about uh, DD mechanics if we didn't have any other uh, any other quick segments to cover. I know we're talking to each other a lot well, closer together than normal. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's fun. I don't really spend time with you outside of this podcast, despite what anyone may think. So <laughs> we don't play the game together or talk, really. We do in the Discord. I think we play at different times because you have a life and I don't. Yeah, I, I'm very busy. Yeah, he's a lot busier than I am. So. I don't get naps, put it that way. Gross. So my, if I had a last segment, it would be my, uh, <laughs> besides the fact that I'm still having terrible, why don't you make your own parties? I don't want to make the party, okay? Because when I join the Odyssey Sea Run, that I stand in town and I'm editing the Dragoon guy while I'm waiting to see if a pop pop a shout pops up so I can take that instead. I can still edit the guy while I'm in the group and someone's taking care of it for me. So that's my compromise of I'll actually do something if it pops up, and that's why I don't do it. And that's why I settle for these horrible groups. But outside of being in a group where the white mage notices how many segments you are getting and you keep saying in party and Bolden's on, please recast protect seven times, and they keep fucking it up and not paying attention, but they can read the segments. <laughs> Wow, we're getting segments. Yeah, thanks. You're, you're terrible. I don't want to play with you ever again. <laughs> uh, it, it was just, even someone else in the party was kind of laughing in party chat at the fact that the white mage was oblivious to the needs of the tank. Uh, I don't know if they were botting or whatever, but I had that happen too in a few groups, of course. But Ambuscade. Oh, boy. So the Tom Berries are oh, fun, boy. especially on Dragoon. Uh, I'm sure when skill chaining comes up, I'll, I'll throw my bit about Dragoon being very <laughs> fun with skill chaining. But... I was working on the Dragoon Guide. Wow, there's a theme here. <laughs> right. A lot of days this happens. And that's why it's not updated very often. But, uh, you know, so I'm sitting there and there's a shout for a de-ambuscade. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I did VDs at 100k points, which is good because I hadn't done ambuscade the three months prior. So zero points, 100k is better. 
And I join, and they're like, we just need a tank or whatever. And so I'm like, ah, whatever, I'll just keep working, you guys do that. Next thing I know, they invite Moogle Man. Oh, boy. So not only do I have a history of Moogle Man, the mentally unstable guy who said he was going to kill me with Hitman in one week's time, twice over. Oh, yes, that's, that's that the Hitman that's guy. That's the guy. So, oh, man, the moment he joined, too. Okay. The moment he joined, it was... Uh, what it? it was just something ridiculous. Like, I'm here, son. And it's like, no, please. He's And he joins, he goes, your tank will be me. <laughs> and it was just... So, long story short, uh, not a very good player. I mean, there's Ronstadt, and then there's the tank is dead because I told him, I go, so, okay, the only thing you have to worry about is not dying because you don't turn. And I told him exactly what to do, translucent Tonberry, da-da-da-da. Tonberry pops out right at the start, kills him, that's it. You know, no songs from the group, da-da-da-da-da. And Moogleman is just yelling all this ridiculous stuff. Just, just, it, it, you couldn't imagine just random, if you've ever seen him yell on the game, it's just absolute off-the-wall autism. So it got to the point where I'm the only one, you know, I got a mage who's running away, everyone else is dead, and I'm on Dragoon, and I'm trying to hold the run together. Long story short, 27 minutes or something, did hold it together, and we did beat that D. But then he's just on the ground yelling stuff, yelling kite, and, and just stupid stuff. And I told him, can you turn your autism off? And I was with Suicidal <laughs> Snowman, and he goes, what's the command for that? Wow. Oh, boy. That's good. Yes. I'm pretty sure I have that dude blacklisted, which is why I never oh, see him. God. I, as soon as he came, I was contemplating, like, do I just leave? I go, this is without a doubt going to be... And he got back up, and as soon as he got back up, he just died again. And he never held hate. I don't think he had an enmity set. That's special. Yeah, that, I mean, he didn't have a normal shield. I don't know what he was using. It was some model I've never seen, and I don't know what it was, and it was bad. <laughs> Watch it be like a level one no stat. Just, it was just bad. He was getting beat up like like he threw a shield in your warrior and decided to provoke and nothing happened. Ouch. Yeah, it sucks, dude. Uh, yeah, and that, that was immediately over because we exited and the leader goes, so what do we need? And I go, a tank. And they kicked him right away and he starts freaking out and say, saying now he like saved the run or whatever when he was dead the whole time. That's good. <laughs> said, that, said that he used cover on me so that he was important. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so let's start this. I, I put screenshots of everything in the Discord while it was happening, and we're just all missing the mob with no buffs. And it was, it was more of a screenshotted story of watching this unfold, and everyone in the Discord was mesmerized. So it's not as good when I try to tell the story, because I'm a terrible storyteller, but it was a fun time. Well, right before that, that story about that mishap, though, uh, you mentioned something that I probably should have brought up in the, uh, in the, in the tank episode beforehand, uh, before. And that was uh, emboldening protect is actually one of the smartest things you can do in Odyssey. Um, I actually didn't bring that up last time when I was talking about like how Paladin deals with it. Like you can shore up a lot of uh, a lot of defense um, just by having like that extra hundred or so that you would get off of the embolden. For the Tonberry one, I embolden Crusade due to all the hate resets, and I want to make sure I'm getting that last extra thirty oh, yeah. enmity I don't have or whatever on Runefencer. Very important in my mind. Otherwise, yeah, I usually do, especially in diversions. Got to do it in diversions too. Just embolden protect. You're gonna have with everything going on, especially the white mage cast and enhancing gear. You're gonna have upwards of, you know, forty five, fifty minutes, or just at least thirty or so minutes with embolden protect, and that's just great. It can be pretty tempting to embolden a uh, phalanx if it can be provided by like a red mage yeah, or you something. Like three minutes though. Well, uh, you can get if the red mage is actually good, you can get like a lot. Oh, of well, minutes. yeah. Okay, my bad. I was I was just thinking of when I cast it because I don't. But know 
but I think you actually save more damage. It's like the same reason that I think Barrier Tusk is better than your own Phalanx in uh, Odyssey, like if you're a Blue Mage. Um, uh, but not if you put on your gear and have someone else Phalanx you, it's actually better than Barrier Tusk. I, have, it's kind of strange. If you have Phalanx gear on Blue Mage, you're going to have to take around 400 or so damage on a hit before Barrier Tusk starts being marginally better. So around 450 even, I think. I have a little chart in the blue guide that I made many yeah. years ago. Yeah, I know it's something along those lines, but uh, like as far as like Rune's concerned, since you already have like seventy five percent PD uh, physical damage taken, um, you're probably better off just going with a regular uh, phalanx and just lowering the uh, the P ratio or whatever. Oh yeah, of course. I usually only will take that if I can't rely on someone to give me protect, like in these runs. Solid. So, um, with that said, though, we are going to talk about uh, the mechanics of DDs and what they interact with. With. and uh, spoilers guys it is not just damage you have to worry about uh, despite what the guides tell you what what do the guides tell you because i don't know where people get that sort of so a lot of times when you look at a guide it's not going to get read and I, I know you understand this uh, but a lot <laughs> of times uh, what, what will happen is a player will uh, just scroll down and they'll see that there's like an overwhelming number of like weapon skill and tp sets and there's almost no other sets that you should have have for like niche situations and then we'll end up talking about these as we get to them um spoilers it's amenity control but um usually people will will first gear their weapon skill sets and then they might get around to gearing their tp sets and then um eventually if they get enough happenstance pieces they tend to gear their their dt sets dead last and they don't even put consideration on some of the other um I don't consider optional sets, but they are sets you should have in mind. So, like, we're going to cover the full spectrum of things. And we will start with the regular, you know, meat and potatoes of just your damage dealt and how you get there. Um, but there's uh, some other uh, really smart sets that you should you should keep in mind when you approach, like, stuff like DT and things. It's done me some good over the years. I, sure. I enjoy DT sets the most because outside of TPing, DT is the second most, I mean, you could say it is the most needed set. I mean, depending on your ratio of fighting versus not fighting or having hate versus not having hate i think a dt set is the most important because for how much you need it or should be using it or would have saved you having a proper dps maximized or at least thought provoking dt set is the most underrated thing everyone says you need to have it but oftentimes what i see people do is just what do i have that caps me and they just throw d ring in there whatever a lot of times you don't even need the yep. d ring based on your other gear especially the naomi and everything that's out now uh, gladys and stuff there's no reason to be only using i mean a lot of sets i have i use the d-ring for good reason it's it's a very important piece and will always be but other times there's reasons to not even use it yeah like uh in slot it provides in a relatively low impact slot too it provides quite a quite quite a bit of damage taken um at 10 percent uh you don't really see that in a whole lot of other slots outside of like your body piece or maybe a shield or like your cape um, so it's it's rare to get that much in a single go. Um, you give up like usually multi attack or store TP is where you know ring slots live uh, for the most part in sets. But honestly, it's just it's just about making really effective trades so that your build rounds out. And sometimes D ring is actually the best ring, and then sometimes you don't even need to be in cap DT. And I guess we can talk about hybrid sets a bit later too. Um, but you want to keep those in mind and how they're different than you know full on DT, etc. I'm very judgmental because I don't shy away from the fact that everyone judges. It is a human reaction, and part of being curious and learning is to judge. You know, how do you know you make yeah. a mistake if you don't judge? So for anyone who looks at judging negatively, stop it. So I always look at people and judge them and check them because it's important to know who you're playing with and the team you got going on here, especially when you're pugging so much. 
And I love when I see people who have all like the best capped augments and everything, the weapons and everything, everything the guide or something has told you. And then either they're not ever in a DT set, but when they are in a DT set, I'll see a DT set that is just because it wasn't in the guide, they didn't know what to do. And yep. I, I see some weird things when you see like full Solivia on a dark night with R15 Calibol or something. It's like, what is going on here? What is this set? So, yeah, and that, that's that's a lot of the point of what we're talking or what I was talking about here when I when I said, you know, I, it's not about bashing the guides. It's about making sure that people can correctly interpret the guides for what they are. Yeah, who writes and those not shitty to guides? Assume that, well, and, and they all they vary, too. And I mean, a lot <laughs> of it can also be reading comprehension. Um, so, I mean, you want to keep that that sort of thing in perspective. Um, if you just get someone who's going to scroll down to a, a set and assume that because they're a GD, they build a weapon skill set. Well, they're doing it wrong. Or if you get a guide like the monk community guide, for example, yes. that has like two, like 16 different sets on how to DD. And I guess there's a counter stance set in there. Um, there's like four. <laughs> I didn't even know it, it was a not... thing until Carrot one day said, oh, everyone talks about the monk community guide. I'm like, there's a monk community guide? Weird. It tells you to put multi-attack and howling fist. Wow. That's about the most positive thing you can get out of it. Wow. But yeah. I, I know Murr didn't write that guide. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, man. But yeah, um, so... We're, what I'm going to do to help uh, stem some of that, because that's, that's actually where this comes from, um, is I'm going to talk about the mechanics on how you deal damage and then uh, how you can put your gear on to augment that better um, without having to necessarily go to a guide for it. And I'm not going to use like a bunch of math that's going to make people shut off or anything. It's just the general idea of why you equip X piece of gear. And then, I mean, it is ultimately up to you to become a better player by being able to figure out why you're putting X there. Um, because there's a lot of situations where, you know, I don't have like R15 the greatest or, you know, absolutely perfect gear sets or anything like that. But I am geared for the content at hand every single time. And I go in and manually gear myself for the content at hand every single time. And I also tend to outperform people who are just copy pasted out of guides. And, you know, if you if you subscribe to the idea that there is a best in slot, um, that it should be proof enough. Well, proof enough in theory that uh, that's not necessarily a true statement and that everything does have to be approached as though it's different content, because it is. I like when there's shouts for R15 DDs. I know that the person is, you know, either an asshole or just stupid. And I always join those with my R12 Dragoon. And if I ever get anything for it, I always like to say, I'm going to win. And if I don't win, I'm going to do better than the other person you're going to invite. And usually that's always <laughs> enough to make them stop. Fair enough. Daddy's love yeah. is important. Yeah, I don't think I have a weapon over R10, honestly. Like, I don't think I have any R15 weapon, and it's never come up that it's mattered i do own a lot of time on blue mage solo so it's just i'm king Konkin's r12 now i think so that's smart i need to do that actually yeah i don't do omen really i don't omen. i don't do odyssey really and you know the tags just go to waste but omen i always make sure i try to do constantly because it takes 15 minutes for me yeah yeah i mean if you don't need to kill any bosses just go and get your detritus and call today so you want to start with fire right. strength i will so i'm gonna Break down the components of how you deal damage um, and present the formula, but I'm not going to go like super deep. And it'll only be the uh, the weapon skill portion of the formula because your your white damage works off basically the same idea. Um, but you're going to mo mostly you be geared towards like weapon skill frequency, not maximizing your actual white damage itself. There are a few sets where maybe that could be the case, but very rarely if ever will your white damage outparse your ability to do actual like weapon skill damage at high frequency. So just kind of keep that in mind that this is where this is coming from. And that's why, 
Um, but uh, your your base weapon skill damage uh, for melees is going to be your base weapon damage plus what's called the F strength, which is what I'm going to talk about next, uh, plus your weapon skill calculation. And if you notice that all three of these are addition, so they're just added to each other, and then they're multiplied by what's called your FTP amount. So I threw a bunch of stuff at you. So your weapon base damage is fairly straightforward. It's just the damage rating on your weapon. And then your F strength is a uh, calculation based on the damage rating of your weapon and how much strength you have as opposed to the mob's vitality. And that's about as far as I'll go there. Um, you can look up F strength on BG if you want to see the actual comparison. Um, but it uh, nowadays it caps around like 40 something on average. Um, so you're getting about 40 extra all. base damage. I know. So basically you add these things together and your weapons skill calculation is simply the mod for your weapon skills. So uh, you have like uh, 83% strength for uh, for resolution or star diver or something like that. 83% of your actual strength score gets added in also multiplied by FTP. That's how you get it. Okay, uh, range works. So about the same. let's take this to a practical place then. So yeah, let's, let's, let's take a step back here and <laughs> okay. I'm a newer player or I'm a player who just copies gear sets and don't really know what I'm doing. What is the value of strength versus attack? How do I know which to pick? What's just better? So that's kind of loaded because it they're loaded, different. The they're different ish. It, it is the way it gets asked. You are correct. So strength actually adds attack. So it's kind of the same idea. Like when you approach accuracy, if you know you can get the accuracy out of decks, it's better for reasons I can talk about later. But it is better to to gear accuracy through decks if possible. Um, when it comes to attack versus strength, if you can get your attack through strength, it's ideal, but it's not always going to be the situation. So um, generally, you will want to gear your attack or gear with attack focus in mind because attack versus defense of your opponent is a ratio and it's a uh, it's a multiplier at the end of the day. Um, so you you take all that base damage jargon that I talked about before and then you multiply it by what's called a PDIF. And the PDIF is that ratio between your attack and the mob's defense. And depending on what job you are and what weapon you use, it caps at a higher value. And then um, your physical damage limit gear pushes that value higher, which means if you gear for more attack or you're way over that attack cap, the PDL allows you to actually do something with that extra attack you weren't benefiting from before. Well, so hopefully that was con concise enough to answer it. But. Yeah, I mean, I think that does a better job. PDL is still newer and it's going to be True. around more. And even though it is, a lot of people, especially if they are interested in listening mechanics, aren't going to take advantage of it or know when to take advantage of it. So, you know, we take we say PDIF and all that. That's just, what is it, physical difference is the, the acronym there? Not acronym, but yeah. it's... So essentially that's attack versus mob defense. You cap that eventually. So everyone says attack cap or PDIF. That's the same thing. If you're capping attack, your attack no longer does anything. I mean, you, you then if you have PDL, you go past that. You need a little more attack for it, but chances are going to be. Actually, Fox, what do you think of this if I say this? I, hmm. I have to ask it first, of course. But So <laughs> we talked about Kamlins earlier having to fall in the sweet spot where you can take advantage of ignoring defense to get the PDL versus Stardiver or something, not capping attack fully or not getting the advantage of the PDL gear in the same way. It's at that threshold. Um, how about... If I didn't forget what I was asking when I said, when I was setting up the question. Um, Good job. You derailed yourself. I did. I had it and I was just going to ask it. And then I, I just set it up first to make it understandable. Um, uh, potentially in context of new players. I feel so stupid now. Um, 
maybe what like a new player would be able to effectively gear for like um the benefit of like i'm, I'm just kind of reaching to cover for you but uh like as far I'll as like three minutes a new player being able it. to rely on camel informant oh okay sure but like uh to go down that line of thought though um a new player is probably better off um seriously gearing a weapon skill like Camlin's Torment if they're a Dragoon over Stardiver. And the reason I say this is because PDIF is such an important part of the damage calculation that um, you're better off making sure your attack is capped over making sure that your weapon skill is uh, is up to snuff like damage-wise. Absolutely, which because... is why you see the you know Tarot had plus three, the Relic had plus three taking over yep. against any other piece in the game because of that extra attack on there with stats and multi-hit for Stardiver, or for Thief as well. The reason you see the uh, Relic Head being used for unstacked, uncapped, unattack-capped Rudra Storm is because of that massive amount of attack to go along with the stat modifiers that go with the weapon skill and everything. So it is very... Uh, I usually tell people when I get asked this question, sometimes I do so get centels about it, uh, whether it's the Dragoon guy because has attack, a capped, and un- uncapped, and attack capped. <laughs> if I could say it, um, there you go. I do get those questions, so I usually tell them to side on the safer side here, and always just use the attack cap base set because the gains from changing out those pieces of gear for a little bit to stat or multi hit stuff. Generally, it's if you're not capping attack to do that is not a bigger or potential loss. Where it's just sticking with focusing on attack and strength and everything instead of worrying about. I mean, if you're fully buffed. PDL now is such a huge gain versus in the past when I've given that advice, just only use the attack cap set if you don't know. So knowing is kind of important and people don't really know is the problem. So we're going down another hole here in my mind. You know, you know, as I start getting slow when I say things, it means I'm like, oh boy, we're somewhere. Well, I've, I, we're kind of in the, in the weeds about how to identify whether I made attack cap and it's not something that will, well, it's never going to be something that'll be truly apparent because you don't have time to stop and say, hey, let me do some math real quick. I want to find out if I'm an attack cap because it requires quite a bit of math to do. Uh, honestly, um, there's a lot of factors, especially when it comes to like varying enemy levels, which fortunately Odyssey does not have. Um, they're all static enemy levels, which is awesome. But Are you, you sure do run static? into a problem. They go up a little bit each floor in terms of level. They do. They do. But it's it's something that you can anticipate, though. Like, you know what level the mobs are on each floor. So you can kind of get an idea of um, roughly how much further your buffs need to go once you've cycled through it enough times. Like it's a, it's a lot more static than like having varying enemy levels, like fighting apex mobs and having them be at, you know, various levels throughout. And, you know, your attack cap versus one, but you're not attack cap versus the other, especially if you're a newer player and you're like just barely hitting that, that, that fine line. I mean, there's, so, there's also easy ways to know if, if something's not resisting geomancy debuffs and you have bolster on with Dia, then you know, you're going to be capped with everything else you're doing. Or if you don't have bolster, you have JA, and then you mm-hmm. have defense down from a Dragoon or a weapon skill like Agaha or something, or, you know, a bunch of dancer spam there for box step. It's also safe to assume, as long as that JA and things are on, that you're going to be capping. Well, I've made this example before, um, where let's say you can provide like 60% defense down to the mob, and let's say you have 6k attack. And 6k attack is an absolutely astronomical amount of attack to have. Now, if the mob has 3k defense and you give it like 60% defense down, then you have a PDF of 6.0 because you're at 6,000 attack. It has um, about 1,000 defense. You know, I'm, I'm roughly roughing the numbers so people can understand and follow. So you have a six times difference 
which means if your uh, PDF goes up that high for your class and your weapon, it means you're damaged just six times as much as it would have done before. Like it, it weighs in like that. Um, whereas if let's say you have 5k, it's only five times and 4k, et cetera, et cetera. So um, if you, if you don't know a baseline of how much defense the mob has, you generally don't, it's safer to, and you don't, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, it's safer to kind of assume based on tiers, like, like go out and, and find out your, your own, um, your own guide for it or protect, or perhaps like look it up. But, um, you can make assumptions, but you'll never be spot on. So what I tend to do is like roughly around like one level 139, I start assuming things have like 3.6 K defense. And I just kind of like gear with that in mind. And if I notice I'm doing less, it's most likely due to the fact that the, uh, the PDF is off, so it's not in my favor. So I just kind of skew the numbers a little bit more. Um, you don't have to go super deep with that, but just know that um, if it happens, maybe you need to add another layer of defense down in order to get there. You know, not everyone is geared the same. We're on the same job. Uh, so like on top of that uh, frailty and that dia, if you're still not getting there, uh, maybe you should throw an Angon into the mix too, or a Tachi Agaha. Or, you Agaha know, would be uh, preferred uh, because Angon would be off in like a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get, get something that's repeatable, though, you know, or maybe even use the Camel and Storm in that situation. Um, if you're if you're if your damage varies, depending on whether or not you're fighting like Zeta mobs and then you go to Odyssey and you're not doing 70k weapon skills anymore, then it's probably due to your attack and it's probably due to your buffs. So you want to keep that sort of thing in mind. I'm generally in my attack, which is most content. Yeah, yeah. So favor attacks it unless you can prove otherwise that your damage goes and up when it's the not. waters are getting Save. a bit muddy too because for a job like Dragoon, for example, if you get Gluddy's rank twenty, which already has the PDL on it, that's going to be the best for attack cap and uncap for Dragoon. So there's going to be a mix there where some pieces are already very good to use without the PDL coming into effect, and it wouldn't even matter really at that point. Yeah, talking about a set like Gluddy's is actually kind of exciting because um before malignance wasn't as exciting for its uh pdl outside of some very seriously overbuffed situations because it didn't come with attack already and with galetti's coming with attack pdl and crit rate um it's actually just like a i don't want to say a perfect gear set for weapon skilling but it's um, not it absolutely there are not, certain weapon only, skills know. that are any crit one, yes, but if it's not, which is the majority of weapon skills, then the double attack is the only thing saving the body there. Right. So, I mean, there's going to be situations where if you have FTP transfer, you want to hit more often. But, I mean, I can talk about FTP in a little bit. Um, but if you have enough attack to push the PDF up like that, along with the PDL that comes with it, um, the physical damage limit plus that's on that gear, uh, it, it's it's going to add a pretty substantial boost because, again, that PDF is a multiplier on the end of your base damage like a pdf is is incredibly important and the higher you like if you can send that like as high as it goes then you're probably doing the most service to your damage honestly so attack good more attack good capping attack potentially even better if you take advantage of it besides capping yeah there you go if you're gonna get any if you're gonna get anything out of the conversation there it's that it's you should go in with the assumption you're not attack capped and until you prove that you are and then work down not go the other way so PDF. Um, also, uh, your sub job is going to matter too sometimes. Um, sub Dragoon is really cool. And Dragoon main is really cool for the same reason in that uh, you get like an extra just flat percent damage boost, just like PDF on the end of your, your damage calculation. 
Um, it's called a uh, weapon skill damage plus trait, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the reason you would sub Dragoon, but it's not always going to be the best sub job because again, if you need that extra like 25% attack buff from Berserk from being sub warrior, that might be your thing. Or maybe you need sub samurai for the weapon skill uh, frequency and consistency. Um, you really just want to you know use a case by case basis. Uh, sometimes you'll sub something weird, but it's not necessarily going to be related to damage. I've been subbing Dancer on Pup if I'm doing Apex because of the skill chain damage box step and because I'm not using Berserk, which is the same reason I stopped subbing Warrior on Blue Mage and Odyssey because I'm uh, the Berserk would be the best thing for me in those cases because especially when you're moving through all these mobs, you can't... People don't even take a Geo to these runs, actually. They're just taking Core and Bard. So I know I'm not capping in these runs, which, so if you're in any yeah. Odyssey shill C and you don't have a Geo there and there's, I mean, you're, you're fighting fodder, so you're not going to have someone putting on those defense downs and you're just not going to be capping. So I know Berserk in that case would be the best for me to use, but I'm not using it because those mobs hit like a truck. So I sub Dragoon yeah. to get one, a little bit extra TP when I'm going to hit my weapon skill anyway for something that gets a bonus from extra TP. So not for CDC or something, but if I'm using, you know, if I'm saying I'm using Savage Blade, then there you go, there's extra damage. But the the weapon skill damage still works for all hits sub Dragoon, so I'm still getting probably, in my mind, the closest thing I could think of would just be the best offensive capability I could have without compromising my defense. Yeah, I actually like hand-to-hand um, being sub more than people relying on sub dual wield trait for reasons, again, I'll talk about probably in dual wield. Um, when we get to that section, that's because. But um, when it comes to sub dancer, yeah. So sub dancer um, is generally something I stay away from because it's is technically it not as good. Yes, I can't. I can't put the bird on streamer mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. I wasn't. I just heard a bird chirp. I'm like, is that in my Ooh. head or? It's always something, and if I close my window, <laughs> no, it turns like four thousand degrees in here <laughs> because this monitor is basically forged from Chernobyl. <laughs> So that's good. <laughs> but yeah, guys, um, keep keep in mind why you're subbing what you're subbing. This so, conversation's for the birds, Fox. It, it apparently it is. You know, the birds capping PDF against your ears. You know, you noticed it before me. And so much for this thing being like a directional cone on this microphone, because my microphone is definitely pointing away from the window. Oh my fuck, you got a bird stalking you. This is great. Oh, awesome. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, I would prefer to sub dancer for the box step instead of uh, instead of the dual wheel trade. That's for sure. You got like a shoe or a shotgun or something. I mean, uh, yes and yes, but I don't want to uh, discharge it into the neighborhood. <laughs> this is America. Either Fox. the shoe or the shotgun. That's a big <laughs> issue. You're, you're right. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't like sub dancer on any dual wheel job that doesn't natively get it. So thief's fine, ninja's fine, uh, other jobs like blue mage is fine because you already have. Um, you, you wouldn't use it on blue mage anyway because you get skill chain damage bonus trait, and you oh, get right. the dual wheel. Yeah. So you would never use it on blue anyway unless you don't feel like casting sneak and invis and you're doing story missions or something. I don't know. Um, Maybe you got like a really janky setup for uh, what your blue traits have to be and like you're just shoring it up with slip dancer maybe but I, I would never try to replace the uh the dual wield three plus trait that you can get from it that's yeah. for sure 
But on something like Pup or something where you don't get to worry about that, I, I enjoy the skill chain damage boost a lot because that's what I'm doing on Pup with the puppet. <laughs> Magic bursting or anything. Yeah. It's good. So that's attack. Learn to love it. Um, another thing you have to worry about um, when it comes to DD is accuracy. Um, accuracy comes at varying cap levels, and that's because single hits cap at 95%. But when it comes to having um, multiple hands that also have an accuracy check, rate you end up with a higher accuracy basically so generally your dual wields gonna and your or really it's your hand-to-hand impetus is gonna cap at 99 percent, and then it's usually about 95 percent for everything else so um just know that that's why samurais have that thing that they're notorious for where tachifudo misses um it doesn't miss at a higher rate or anything you're just subject to that five percent chance that you're gonna miss and it's more apparent when you have a single hit weapon skill as opposed to something like Star Diver, where if it misses a hit in the middle, you don't quite notice it as much. One out of every 20 hits. And you do notice, it's just it's your your damage suddenly floors. If you miss that first hit of Rudra or something, you're going to do 4,000 or 2,000 instead of, you know, 20, 30, 40k. Yeah. And I mean, even on weapon skills like Star Diver, you're actually going to miss a hit most of the time. Um, asterisks. Because there's an accuracy check on every single hit. So, like, the more you have, the worse it gets. I think like it's in like maybe the high 70% chance that you're going to land all uh, all four hits of star diver and then if you have like additional attacks and stuff that you're trying to gear for for FTP transfer there's a chance you're going to miss those hits too so um that's why you can kind of see it be all over the place so that's why like you'll get those really cool like 70 80k star divers and then you'll like shoot down to like 30 40k and your average is probably going to be around 30 40k uh, most of the time because well not because you're bad but because you're just gonna naturally miss hits in there because your accuracy is nowhere near cap every time because it's not possible every time you miss a hit a star dive or a bird cheeps yeah pretty much it reminds you so there isn't much to talk about for accuracy though um obviously you should make sure you hit the mob because if you can't hit the mob then you aren't dealing damage but it was worth mentioning that uh, i think a lot of people overboard yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. don't even care about decks when they're building accuracy builds. And if I have a piece, uh, Emicho, Emiko, whatever, hands plus one, for example, they have the same accuracy as other pieces, but they get all that extra decks on them. They start off with like close to 40, then they get another augment of 12. So they may only have like 10 more accuracy or four, actually then 14 more accuracy over Solevia, but all that extra decks makes them have like 30 more accuracy and plus you get crit rate. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't need the, you know, like, say your rings are good slops for um, dex accuracy, because yes. if you can get the, uh, like, the three ac uh, nine dex rings, um, you're adding a lot more dex that will add accuracy in a slot where, you know, generally you're going to get fairly weak stats um, compared to the rest of your armor. And um, increasing dex is a, uh, a part of uh, any damage calculation called the uh, D dex. So if something can crit, um, it also compares your dex to the mob's agility, I believe it is. Yes. And um, based on like how far over you are, you get like additional critical hit rate. I think it's like all the way up to like fifteen percent or so. So that can add quite a substantial DPS increase when you're just trying to gear for accuracy. And in those situations, like you're usually sacrificing something to gear for accuracy. So you might as well try to keep as many gains as you have when trying to make that decision. Um, no, it's uh, it is uh, okay. I was going to say I pull up the DDEX page and it's. I was looking at it. I'm like, one, two, three, four. I'm like, oh, wait, okay. So, yes, <laughs> like all things, I was going to say, foe strength and everything, it caps at 50 above. So if you're fighting, you know, something that's not particularly strong, it's not like you're going to be doing ridiculous amounts of uh, crit. 
because it does cap. Although you will be doing yeah. Rick's amounts of crit because you're going to have a much higher crit rate than against, you know, an NM where you might be below the DDX threshold versus a fodder where you're going to have, what, 15, 16% extra crit rate. Yeah, and you'll notice it more too because you'll actually be hitting the mob. So, like, if you're if you're missing the mob a whole bunch and occasionally you're hitting, like, you're not going to see nearly as many crits simply because you're not hitting as often, like, you have a smaller sample size. So it's harder to see what your actual rate real truly is when it's not, like, all connected, you know? What's great about a weapon skill like Evisceration or CDC uh, against something like Aesthetics Fury is their dex base. So you're already gearing for dex for damage on top of getting crit rate, and Aesthetics Fury is strength and vit-based, so... Yep. Womp womp. So, yeah. I remember a while back, uh, it was like right after the hand to hand update where they made all of the uh, weapon skills have FTP transfer. I looked at a Six Fury and it was so close to being like probably the best weapon skill for Monk, if not for that FTP value being low. And I was so sad about that. So, the uh, I guess I'll plug a little more about FTP in there. Um, Might as well around just it. before we get too far. Yeah, because we're about to move into multi attack and that's where FTP is going to matter. So, let's. Okay, Still go to Howling that, Fist then. Everyone loves Howling Still. Fist. All right, Howling Fist. What's up, Howling Fist? So you have uh, weapon skills like Savage Blade. I know it's just it, Savage Blade is an important understanding for Howling Fist. So you have a, a weapon skill everyone knows like Savage Blade, where you know that the more TP you have, the more damage it does. And well, why is that the case? Well, in your damage calculation, your, your entire base damage portion of that is multiplied by what's called your FTP. And in Savage Blade, your FTP skyrockets. So like on lower end weapon skills or stuff that, that um, does like basically normal damage with added effects, generally, generally, your FTP is a 1.0 or a 1.0 multiplier. On something like Savage Blade, um, you can end up with uh, with a multiplier as high as like 12 or 13. I it think it starts to, at which is pretty crazy for a thousand. And it goes to 2010.25, then 13.75 at three, which is why everyone for Rudra's uh, Impulse Drive, Savage Blade, where the FTP more than or close to doubles. In this case, it more than doubles for Savage Blade. That's why you want to hold it because your multiplier is doing more than double uh, for holding double the TP. Yep. So you want to know your weapon skill. So you know that at 2K, you're going to get the biggest weapon skill frequency for actual multiplier returned as opposed to holding it to 3k because you have to hit like 50% more times to get to 3k and then um, you're not getting you know an additional double plus onto that for doing so uh, so you're going to get your biggest bang for your buck doing it at 2k because mathematically it just makes more sense to do that with the weapon skill frequency in mind now on a lot of weapon skills it's not that crazy and the thing with savage blade is it does not have what's called ftp replication so it's only on that first hit so you only get that that multiplier one time on howling fist that is not the case and what ends up happening is you have scaling similar to uh ultimately similar to uh savage blade slightly lower but you can get a max of like eight hits in your in your uh in your in your weapon skill it starts out at two you can get up to eight through the use of multi-attack gear and for every single one of those hits you get that multiplier so you get somewhere in the ballpark of like a 43 times multiplier to your weapon skill base damage. And that's why you can see monks just like powering out 70 to 90 K well, uh, howling fists. And it extends to raging fists and it extends to tornado kick. As in well. order to get that eight hitch, you're going to have two quad rate procs. Yes. So it's not like something you get for free. 
Uh, you'll hit a lot of things in between. But if you look at it to where you're multiplying, let me let me let me pull up how long so I can get the right number so I can kind two, of illustrate that. It's basically two flat almost, then 3.5, almost 3.6, then 5.8. Yes. So 5.8. And you're getting two hits no matter what. So you're basically getting uh, 11.6 right off the bat. So that's already competitive um, at 3K with uh, Savage Blade at... Uh, 2K. I would say like two and a half. It'd be 2K, yeah. Because it doesn't scale like that. Um, but that's just off the bat. Let's say you get at least one triple attack, so that's two more hits. All of a sudden, you're at point, or 23.2 times multiplier. And you've already, just off of a single triple attack proc, you've already exceeded the highest multiplier for FTP in the game. There is no weapon skill that does more than that, like FTP-wise, which is why that, that, that the weapon skill and all the weapon skills that do that for, for Monk, um, there's a, quite a few of them, actually. Um, they all get crazy, crazy results. The reason Howling Fist is so focused is because it has an attack, attack modifier. Yeah. So your yeah, your attack is treated as though it's uh, one point five times higher than it actually is. So it goes back to what we were originally saying about Pedith and how important that is. It's a lot easier to cap attack or come closer to attack cap on Howling Fist. So you're getting even better multipliers at the end of all of this again. So you can see where this starts to get crazy. But yeah. You want to pay attention to your uh, your weapon skills FTP mod and whether or not it replicates, because if it does, then you want to make sure that you're you're trying to skew your gear and your uh, your play style towards it. Like maybe you want to hold TP a little more to try to get like maybe 2K returns um, or 2K weapon skill um, or even 3K if possible. But that's kind of slow sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hold it all the way because you're going to spam it for more frequently at lower TP and have more chances for multi-hit procs or better damage overall. But yeah. I don't play Monk, although I do play Pup now. I remember old-school knowledge when they changed the hand-to-hand. I don't know if it's changed since due to gearing and everything else and, and way they've changed, you know, maybe your Sub-Dragoon or something. And that wouldn't really matter. It would just stay the same. It's all hits. Um, that when you cap... Because the Howling Fist is great because of the extra 50% attack you get. Uh, but Raging Fist starts off as five hits and it's FTP replication for that weapon skill as well. Uh, if you're like 3,000 TP for whatever reason, your attack capped, you would just use that to outperform on average uh, Howling Fist since Howling Fist spikes so high you can't say it's better. But yeah. Is I that mean, still at, the, at the end of the day, or? A, well, at the end of the day, like cap damage is, is, is cap damage. Like sometimes you're just shooting for the moon and you just blow right through it and hit Saturn. <laughs> so generally raging fists raging. Okay. So the, the thing with raging fists is it'll be more consistent once your attack cap because it already comes with five hits standard and you're not banking on extra, extra multi-attack procs within the weapon skill, whether it be your main hand or the uh, secondary hit. Um, you're not banking on the multi-attacks on those hits uh, in order to make it happen. So like uh, when raging fist procs, you get a chance at a multi-attack on the first hit and then you get a, a chance at multi-attack um, one more time throughout that weapon skill. You don't get it on every single hit. So when this one um, multi-attacks, it's going to look just as cool as Howling Fist, assuming you're attack captain in both situations. Um, it's going to actually do a little bit less damage than Howling Fist, but it just slightly. Um, but you're going to get better median returns because you don't have to have your gear proc to make a multi-attack happen. You're getting five hits instead of two. So your averages are generally going to be better with uh, with Raging Fists. 
And so it's important to understand which weapon skill will put out the highest, you know, deeps there if you just spam it. But that's what everyone focuses on and gets lost in. So whether it's resolution oh, yeah. spam or the problem with whether it's Raging Fist or Howling Fist is that they don't have great weapon skill uh, skill chain properties. So it's just impaction for uh, Raging Fist, which is not a bad thing, actually. And Howling Fist is like impaction and something else, transfiction and impaction. So those, as level ones, those are actually very good level ones to have. But if you're in a group and people are using uh, random like CDC and everything else going on that are uh, Rudra Storm that are only level three and two and st- or just level two. And you're not going to be scotching at all with those. And there's actually going to be a net damage loss. Even if people are just spamming and not caring, skill chains will go off. And if you're using a weapon skill that does not skill chain, you're going to be losing out on overall damage, which is not taken into account nearly as much as it should be. And there's actually a big problem as far as mindsets in this game go in my opinion because they don't pay attention to it now where howling fist is awesome for example is for opening up fusion which is a very important skill chain property because not a lot of weapon skills people use are associated with fusion so if you have something that closing closing yes yeah well yeah i mean it opens up fusion for other things not that it it does you it has to be the second you're correct fox thank you for pointing that out it has to be the second weapon skill there it's a liquefaction to an impaction as a fusion which is what blue mages have to do because they don't get fusion. So they got to use like, what is it? Red Lotus blade to flat blade, which is absolutely stupid because those do garbage damage. And this is an example where you would not want to use those two multi-step skill chain because it is not a damage net there. But uh, if you're on pup, for example, stream pummel to howling fist will do that fusion to open up, which is very nice. Or it actually does liquefaction. They did another one. It's a very nice fusion too. Yeah, that's actually one of the stronger fusions that you can skill chain, honestly. Yeah, Howling Fist is absolutely great for opening up a fusion for another weapon skill or for someone else in the group. So it is great for that. But if you're just going to a party and just spamming it, I I don't think that's an appropriate usage of being a DD in my mind. And yes, while you might win the parse doing that, your group is going to lose. Because, for example, here, when I go on Dragoon and I go to these VD runs or whatever... I tell them, and they often don't listen to me, so I have to go and do it to the ninja, which is bad <laughs> if it uses Psy because I've gotten to 2% and failed to kill it and it's blown up and killed me or someone else in the group at 2%. I tell them, just leave the black mage to me. I will kill it in one skill chain sequence. On D, I don't even need the fourth weapon skill to make Umbra. And I can just do that while they are proccing the thieves' perfect dodge, killing the ninja, etc. Yep. I can take by myself as a in the group and just go kill that black mage absolutely dead with a multi-step star diver umber skill chain every time unless side comes on and i miss and then you're, you're fucked but at least it won't blow you up know, i noticed that happen a lot too and i think what it is is it's just confidence it boils down to confidence a lot of people don't like to fight mobs by themselves I, like a lot I of them gravitate one, towards another mob someone else is fighting. I tell these ambuscade groups, I go, just let me go kill the Black Mage. will speed the run up. Someone go proc you know, the thief and one other thief, and someone can kill the ninja uh, if they skill chain, or just at least get the thieves going, kill the ninja, etc. after they both perfect dodge. And every time, I'll just go over to fight something, and they'll just all attack the same thing. It's like, no, stop it. You're And they'll use Savage, but it's like, no, you're screwing me up here. Now I can't kill it. Now I have to <laughs> use extra weapon skills because you wanted the weapon skill on Bard. And yes, that's what the bard did. They ran over with Nagling on bard and and ran over and did their bullshit savage blade. And and yeah, this is another situation where like if someone's trying to multi-step and it's actually lowering DPS to throw like your savage blade in there, 
the the DD that's throwing the Savage Blade in there should know what kind of weapon skills the other person is working with. Because sometimes it's not bad to throw a Savage Blade in there. Like, if you had a good distortion to close with, closing distortion on top of a Savage Blade is a distortion, in which case you could then close Star Diver and be fine. Mm-hmm. But what what is going to happen is it's just going to derail you from what you're currently doing because you don't have access to a good distortion. Um, and you're going to have to close with like something like Comlin's Torment for Light, and that's not going to be not nearly as much awesome. damage as... But if I can yeah, do a Dark... If I'm doing, diver. for example, Star Diver's doing 20, 23k in there on VD with an average group, nothing special, uh, 20-ish k around there, and I do a Darkness on my third step there for 60-something k, because I have skill chain damage gear and whatever have you, uh, I, that's three star divers in one and a, a skill chain sequence I was already doing and now you've ruined me getting an extra three weapon skills off because you get TP very fast in Dragoon if you skill chain it is absolutely phenomenal so I, I just yeah. no one any group I've ever been no one ever talks about what's our skill chain sequence you know I always try to like yeah. look at someone else there and be like hey uh, you're usually using this or whatever or I don't have anything that goes great with your savage blade because you use something else it'll be better anyway you know but no gotta win let's, daddy's love look at it yeah let's look at it this way too um if if that description wasn't good enough for those people who think they're just gonna spam savage blade anyway let's look at it this way let's say your savage blade does 10k damage on average more than his star diver does right you're like oh well why don't i just spam that instead well when he's not closing those, those darknesses and umbras that almost match if not exceed the damage that he does they exceed with his they star diver on Trishula. oh i know i know i'm trying to put it in simple well, terms yeah. for the people who don't understand skill chains um you are missing out on basically the potential of of two savage blades every time you would have savage blade uh that that's what that's what you're losing basically by killing that chain so you want you want to think about that before you step in and and try to to do those sort of things like like is your weapon skill actually benefiting the group or is it actually lowering the dps because a lot of times it's actually just lowering the dps and if you're a red mage and you're meleeing and getting a lot of damage in your end spells, and you see people are skill chaining, but you still want to contribute, and it's not resistant to darkness, and don't want to screw up. Blade. Use sanguine blade, please. You're a job is capable oh, yeah. of putting out good sanguine blades. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that sanguine blade is typeless, um, which means you aren't going to interrupt skill chains with it. I've had people yell at me when I was sanguine blading before, and uh, <laughs> and they didn't realize that their skill chain was perfectly fine. I'm like, really? That's weird. You just closed it anyway, and then they kind of it clicked with them, and they realized what was happening. So if you're one of those people who didn't know and you're a red mage, try to sanguine blade instead if it's viable. Because again, your your weapon skill damage may be cool, but they're probably doing twice as much weapon skill damage as you with that skill chain, plus their weapon skill. And if you're a paladin and you feel like putting out a two k weapon skill and screwing me up, <laughs> could you put out like a one k spirits within? Okay, so <laughs> that's kind of where I draw the line a little differently. Um, on paladin, <laughs> I will unappall apologetically use um I, I will unapologetically use atonement and that's because it's my job to keep you alive uh so you don't gotta use atonement if, a lot of the time i know you don't but if there's a situation where there's like a dd um this run i run into this problem a lot with warriors not uh, dragoons where they'll be wanting to uh just spam chango stuff and i will just throw out the atonements because if i can keep the mob off that dd that dd gets to be alive and therefore i'm raising the dps of the group because they're not tanking the floor that's true so if you're in a situation where you're where you're on a tank 
and you have to make that call, the correct call is always keeping hate off the DD and they'll have to manage the skill chain around what you're doing because it's so much more important that you keep them alive because that's a greater hit to your DPS. A lot so of, these are the kinds of things that you need to identify on the fly, you know? A lot of groups don't care even then and they just want to spam and be done with it because, I mean, All if right. the run only takes three minutes versus two minutes, then no one really cares. Uh, so I've had times where I just change jobs because I know I'll have a better chance of weapon skilling, skill chaining randomly with people than staying on that job. <laughs> that's actually that's actually fair. Um, yeah, with with Savage Blade stuff going on, like you just getting a strong fusion closer or so, like I guess that's where you want to live. I don't know. Um, so I'm actually we? a big fan of chaining the tier twos endlessly. Well, we were talking about actually, FTP. Yeah, actually, that's, that's uh, usually um, we were talking about <laughs> usually what happens a lot of the time too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You make uh, you make the endless chain of tier twos, which, by the way, you can cycle endlessly around in a circle. Um, well, we were talking about FTP um, and we started talking about, you know, these prevalent weapon skills, but their their downsides as well as what the conversation evolved into. And we wanted to focus on FTP in advance because we, we were going to deal with multi attack next and it matters in weapon skills. And it also matters um, in your TP phase. And this is where we're going to kind of start leaning along with Ak into, well, how do I gear for my TP phase properly? So Depends on the I have the, skills too. it really does. Um, in general, though, uh, you want to keep the idea that multi attack procs um, will proc. So these are your, your quad, double, triple attacks. Um, not in that order. It's actually quad, triple, double in order of priority. And then you get your occasionally attacks um, triggers that uh, for, for your, your multi attacks that happen secondarily in priority to those. So mythic. So depending on, yeah, well, mythic, and then also like you get your blurred variants, or you get the um, uh, that that new joyous uh, has occasionally text twice, and there's actually a huge difference between how you gear for a job when it comes to a weapon that only has occasionally attacks twice, and when you're talking about mythic aftermath, there's actually two completely different approaches to it. Um, you can actually lower the DPS of a mythic weapon by putting on too much double attack. Because you're going to be basically shutting off the uh, the checks for the triple attack on the mythic weapon, whereas you can you can gear as much double attack as you want on a weapon like a blurred weapon because it's just an extra safety net of a double attack afterwards anyway. So you gotta you gotta think about what you're edging out when you go to gear for that. So I guess if that wasn't confusing enough, no, that was actually very straightforward as opposed to talking the very oh. start of this episode with F strength, and I'm like, okay, we're already uh, already done now. Well, I have to just pull the bandaid off on that one. It's like, this is something that happens. You have to know it exists. And this is sorry. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fox, will this be on the test? Yes, it will. Uh, I will join your link shell, become a sack holder and kick you from it. If you uh, fuck this up, BT dubs. So STP stone temple pilots. Yeah. The stone temple pilots is a pretty important sort of. <laughs> so spicy and I have different outlooks on how STP works, but we both agree. Do that we? it's misunderstood and how it's used uh we actually do um this i know before uh you well you don't you don't really like hit builds i don't i like hit builds in theory well that's why and in that's theory i can agree but in actuality they're not <laughs> so uh when i talk about uh, liking a hit build and hit builds are more for like maybe your samurais i guess like best case scenario. more for the 75 um, when i talk era. about hit builds you should Yes, it was really important for 75 era because you didn't get as many multi-hit options. So ensuring that you get to um, 1K, 2K, 3K TP or whatever you're shooting for as efficiently as possible was more important then. 
Uh, now we get crazy amounts of store TP buffs now uh, from like, say, uh, Corsairs. Um, we get crazy amounts of multi-attack from all kinds of sources. So it's it's less important that you have a, a hit build per se. But whenever I gear a job, I always approach it with a hit build in mind. So it doesn't mean that I'm going to like stick to it like 100%, but it's a nice starting point. And then using whatever DPS that you're receiving as a jumping off point towards yeah, streamlining it later, like depending on your content. So like store TP is probably one of the first things that I'll start removing uh, when it comes to me needing more accuracy in content or, or me needing more DT in content and stuff like that, like more advanced concepts most DDs don't really understand. Um, it's, it's not always all about damage, but store TP should always be in mind because you want a nice average amount of hits to get to your, your, uh, to, get to your weapon skill. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's always going to occur. It's not nearly as rigid as it was back in 75. You know how I know I have a uh, dual, head build dual Because you weapon skill all the time? When I keep seeing my TP constantly hitting 1,001, 1,002, when I keep hitting my attack runs up. and Yeah, that's fair. I do keep it in mind. I know that I'm beginning to be hitting about a four hit with Trishula because of that store TP on the weapon. But... I don't gear for strict values. I gear for a range of what it should be, and that usually has not failed me because conserve TP on Dragoon invalidates, in my opinion, a hit build, at least a strict one. Yes, you get to a certain threshold where it doesn't change that, where your conserve TP is not altering your hit build, but you're generally going to be muddying the waters where you have too much store TP and you're not getting enough attack because of those things occurring overall. And I know it's it's, it's an average in this and that, but... The difference between Acro Hands being the best hands with Dragoon with their 26 magic evasion and Salivia Hands <laughs> being the best hands for Dragoon and not having to carry around an extra piece of gear and not having to worry about augmenting it and having something actually as DT and more accuracy and stuff is when you've sufficiently lost enough store TP that you're not skill chaining as much that you don't have that hit build and that no matter if you're conserved TP proc or not, uh, you're not getting that extra hit off, therefore Salivia become the best hand. So there's a big difference between uh, gearing for a hit build, not gearing for a hit build, or keeping one in mind and conserve TP. But yes, yeah. if everything I said ties in together neatly, which I don't think it does, but hopefully the, the thought <laughs> process is, is, is seen there. I mean, you don't... Cause it actually illustrates a different point I'm going to make later. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah. But what you're saying... Thing is, is I, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Yes. You know, there's there's a lot of things that, that come into why a hit build doesn't matter, particularly for a job like Dragoon. Uh, Dragoon is like a beautiful mess. Yes. Um, Dragoon has all of these amazing tools for TP, but at the same time, you can't rate the consistency on a Dragoon. You just have to actively play to the consistency of a Dragoon, and that's where it really starts to get weird. Like, you can't that's factor in stuff like Dragoon. It's absolutely yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's different reasons why you would use different things um, on that job. Like like there's multiple ways that you can use your jumps properly um, to bridge gaps or just to just to close TP at like huge thresholds. Nothing's um, it's, better. It's really nothing's better than a multi-hit proc where you suddenly have three K TP after a uh, soul jump and you get the yeah. extra benefit of skill chain plus what twenty percent or whatever damage on your aftermath. It's great. It's gross. Yeah, and then you get jobs that are more rigid like samurai um and even dark knight falls in this category too uh where hit builds are a little a little more important 
but you can raise DPS by making sure that your multi-attack rates are good. And it really boils down to what buffs you're getting. So there's a huge difference between a Dark Knight with a store TP roll and a Dark Knight with a double attack roll. And there's a much different gear set that you would uh, you would gear for in that situation. And like, there's certain weapons you wouldn't use. Like, I don't believe you'd use double attack uh, roll if you're using like your Mythic, for example, because that, that double attack still roll helps. is... Yeah, because you're gearing so heavily for store yes. TP as a general principle, especially on Dragoon, two-handed jobs, especially with extra store TP. It's not like a Blue Mage where you're going to have, you know, Adamar hands are great; they're the best piece you're going to use. They also have four percent triple attack on them. What are you going to do? Whatever. Mm-hmm. So a lot of late armor gear is a lot of extra multi-hit. As a, I mean, they both do, but yeah. the way I generally, in my mind, see it is light armor has a lot more going on. Yes, and I mean light armor. Armor jobs is a whole different story too, because light armor jobs you you have two hands um, that are holding weapons. Yeah, that's of also just the one weapon. I stopped or... my thought there and didn't finish that part. <laughs> oh well, uh, so with dual wield jobs, it's even crazier because each hand has a chance in a combat round of doing a multi attack. So your multi attack is twice as important um, on dual wield jobs as it is on uh, on one handers or not one handers, but uh, two hand weapons because it pulls double duty. Like there's twice as as many proc opportunities. <laughs> Duty. <laughs> so um, one of the things, though, when it comes to store TP and whether you use it, the idea of hit builds, all this jazz, um, it really boils down to the delay of your weapon. And the delay of your weapon is what matters when it comes to like haste and dual wield that we're going to get into. So um, basically, the higher delay you have, the more TP you get per swing. So with dual wield the higher your combined delay is the more that you'll get per round um that sort of deal uh it's it's not that you have to gear for less store tp when you have higher delay weapons but you definitely want to make sure the higher delay your weapon is the more frequently you attack so it's going to be more and more important that you're in haste cap not that it isn't more important that you're in haste cap at all times but your multi hits are more important um in those frequent rounds uh because you need to be able to build TP fast enough to be able to continue skill chain, for example. Because a lot of times those two-handed weapons get stuck at like a two-second delay or so. And if you don't multi-attack a certain amount of times in there, you can actually miss weapon skill windows, uh, skill chain windows. So that's uh, something you want to keep in mind, too, for just free damage from being able to freely weapons or skill chain. Hey, Fox, you want me to derail, derail this whole thing? Oh, no. What's the worst thing in this game? The worst buff. I'll make it easier. What's the worst buff in the game? Oh, that roll. Blitzer's roll. Um, the del- Yeah, Blitzer's roll. Uh, oh, yeah. So I don't know why SE thought this was a good idea, but it's a roll that just directly lowers the delay of your weapon on your job, which <laughs> makes you attack roll. faster. Yeah, I mean, it makes you attack faster, but you also gain less TP per hit. So your DPS goes down. Yes, your DPS goes down. And it seems like a good idea, but it's almost like, someone at SE was not a math master when they designed it. They, there's no reason they had, they should not have changed it by now. There's really no reason. It's true. Can you uh, think just take of it from us, any though. situation where you really, really, really would want to use Blitzer's roll ever? I can't. <laughs> I can. What, if you're trying to get like crit procs on something? I mean, what, what do you... If you're going to break the attack speed cap on Monk. Oh. Ho-ho. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 100 fists. There you go. It was like you're giving we're not big... going to go too deep into that. But... You were like token a big one there. You're like, I can. Yeah, because it's painful. <laughs> um, it's an idea that nobody really, really works on and they should. 
And it's not something you should ever gear for because there's almost no way to implement it properly. But yes, you can actually break the attack speed cap, which is 80% uh, delay reduction. You can actually get to about 98% uh, delay reduction on attacks with Monk. How long does Hunter Which is last? phenomenal. Uh, it's 60 seconds? So no, that's 60 seconds of what I think is a bug in it. the game. That's too long. <laughs> yeah. It is well, a, it's, I, it's clearly it's a bug. It's technically a bug. It's technically a bug. Because there's no way that that's working as intended. And the only way I see will ever pass is if someone actually finds a way of making use of it and they find out in a year after it happens or something. Then another year later. Which is why I'm apprehensive to do so. So if anyone listening wants to try, uh, what you do is you gear for dual wield on Monk and you get to about 80% dual wield, I think it is. Maybe a little more. I think you actually have to get to like 96% dual wield. Anyway, it's doable, right? And you, uh, you do a clubs, a Mayfit club, and I guess Kraken club if you really want to go for the gold. And um, you hundred fists with this on, and it uh, replaces the uh, the delay reduction section with your dual wield percentage. So it just takes your attack rounds and just just floors it into the ground. Yeah, there's no there's no situation where you're going to get faster attacks because the game actually has a hard limit of eighty percent, and you're bypassing that by quite a bit. And it has exponential returns at the end of the day, which to those who aren't math masters, just know that exponential returns are the most ridiculous amount of returns you can get in a video game. Would you even want a weapon skill because the force delay? No, there, yeah, nope. You just you just, just auto attack, and the the way you break it is you have a uh, you have magic accuracy buffs. Just everyone is buffing your magic accuracy, and you have a a summoner providing you with uh, Ifrit's end fire. How about this one? Do, do, oh, I don't know if the Empire would work. I was going to say, everyone having trouble with Mabos, just do a subtle blow too, or have a Garuda there, or not Garuda, a Siren. It looks like Garuda, sorry. A Siren there to give you the extra subtle blow, and then just go to town on the tree with uh, 100, you know. It wouldn't do enough damage, but it would be probably helpful, and if you're doing subtle it blow might. in general against the tree, it would make the runs go better. Maybe on Vengeance Zero. Yeah, I, I mean, they get, they get quite a bit of health as you go up there, but think about it this way you only have to really do it from 50 percent to zero and if the summoner is getting if you know because it's going to be weak to wind and you would have to get an arrow from like a scholar or something uh, it, it wouldn't be as powerful but maybe well, the summoner doesn't get resisted maybe in no works. you 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 get it from uh uh from siren also oh i see I siren gives an arrow i haven't used summoner so, since before siren came out as in, and the parties. the idea you have the the idea you have is actually really solid. The problem is that even if you cap, um, even if you cap subtle blow at the seventy five percent or whatever, yeah, so many and you have penance on, yeah, you are you are hitting it so many more times than you normally would in a combat round. That basically, let's put it this way: at ninety at ninety eight percent attack speed, you are hitting it more frequently than a fully buffed alliance. <laughs> if you want to understand the the exponential. The returns for anyone listening like you, a single monk buffed like this is hitting it more often than an entire alliance and so yeah i mean subtle blow helps but there's literally a universal cooldown for the mob and you're feeding it so much tp it will perpetually be at 3k so but it has that same blow. ja yeah you're, you're actually overloading it on tp moves and it literally cannot use them fast enough so the i this is a good fraud question here so End spells are based on your magic accuracy. Avatars, I don't think are. They're based on summoning skill for damage potential. And then does that also impact accuracy or is it also user accuracy? It's the user accuracy. Okay, but the so potency okay. comes from the summoner. Yeah, so so okay. you have like this maximum upper threshold. Yeah. So you would also want to hunt a gear for magic accuracy. Well, you could get buff too because if you're one guy doing it. 
you'd have to get buffed. Like Frazzle three yeah. would be mandatory. Oh, I'm saying uh, you'd, probably, bring a, you'd bring probably a Geo. Savage Stimey. Geo, yeah. Uh, probably raising magic accuracy at this point because the 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 debuff bubbles would be nerfed. Which weapon skill reduces magic evasion? Is that Death Blossom? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I laughed just because I thought of the mythic weapon and I'm like, ah, ah man, Murgulous. Yeah. So you notice there's like a commonality among all these jobs being able to pull this off, right? You got your summoner, red mage, and monk, and that's only half the party. But yeah, it's it's a cool idea. We've gone on and on and on and on about it, but like in, in practice, who knows? Because you also have to remember that Embos is a rune fencer, and it's also a black mage. Yeah. So it's going to be very magic resistant, and it uses uses Forzo as a one hour yeah. so don't get don't get too excited but it's still a really cool idea and you can apply it to other content just nobody knows how feasible it is because nobody's really done it like, like I'm almost there on my dual wield gear for monk but it's not like a forefront of something I care about so your sub job from sub nin there I guess gives you a big bulk of it yeah absolutely okay so yeah huge amount where were we I got lost in there I guess are we done with STP well, or are we gonna yeah we're done with STP um, we were just about start talking about haste stuff yeah so real quick though you've got your uh your three caps you have 43.5 on magic so 43.5 percent you have 25 percent on job ability and 26.5 percent in gear if you notice all three of these when you add them together come up to more than 80 percent so spicy what should you do with all three of these totals uh can i phone a friend yes you can i don't think Murray's gonna pick up <laughs> you should make sure. Oh, damn, man. You should, damn. <laughs> he wouldn't know. You should make sure <laughs> that you're not overcapping and wasting things, probably. Yes. Um, you gain no benefit from overcapping. Wait, wait, wait. So when you soul voice, that means sing both marches and then get hasted? Oh, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna pretend like you're clever like that, uh yes, sometimes you do. I mean, if you're getting slow, and maybe, but Yes, and it would be situations where you get slowed. You actually want to overcap. Wave two. Um, if you actually approach wave two boss fear singer, uh, the quad of, um, it's a good idea to overcap on haste there. Here's but it's a super rare though. Like the the point Spicy's making is don't overcap. Know your buffs. Overcapping is usually a problem for bard, or maybe if you yeah. have a dancer. I mean, not that you wouldn't want to use samba to get the extra bonus attached to it for a dancer, but um, something. I don't know if it's a fact. I guess this is going to be a Belmar thing. I don't know it for a fact. I just know it's true. When you're weakened, I think that's 100% slow as a separate slow category on the player. So every time yeah. I'm weakened and I get up, I always sit there and I start trying, you know, in this ambuscade, for example, when you have uh, Mr. Autism killing the group and running around a pillar and, and being dumb, uh, I, I get weakened and got to get up. And Arise is nice to be up in three minutes, but I have HP. I can fight in that time frame. I always sit there and go, can you haste me, please? Because I'll just get up and the mage won't haste <laughs> me. And it's like, I need haste to try and overcome the slow. And a great thing about being on a job like Blue Mage, besides being able to haste myself, is when I'm weakened and my dual wield mode kicks on all my dual wield gear, it is almost like when you're fighting and don't have capped haste, so you're still swinging at a good rate. You're not, you know, like weakened yep. swinging at once every 10 years. It's, you know, a dual wield job is a big advantage in being weakened, actually, if you're trying to fight weakened. Uh, keep in mind, though, that dual wield lowers your delay. 
Um, and I know you know this, but this is for people listening. It lowers your delay. So while that sounds good, you are getting less TP per hit as a return. Um, but you are still keeping up your your frequency, uh, which is which is what's important. And like you want to make sure you're still doing damage to the mob. Yeah, you're still weapon skilling. Um, but when it comes to haste, uh, weakness may be the hundred percent slow, uh, but it can't just be overridden by hundred percent magic. Um, there is still the forty three point five percent magic haste cap, so you're still gonna be restricted by that cap because weakness is not a magic slow. It it can't be factored into that same formula. So like, like a regular slow could be offset by soul voice marches, like so many soul voice marches. Yeah, you're right. But because it's all the same tier, but it, job ability, for example, has its own cap. So if you have job ability slow on you, which I don't think exists, um, you know, and then somehow if you had like gear slow on because you're dumb, uh, well, or you could be a dragoon. For some reason. You could be a dragoon only pulling out twenty two percent because you have Hajarandi on and you're not capping. <laughs> yeah, because you only need seventeen percent with your yeah. weapon out. Yeah, so you you want to know like based on what job you're on. Um, Samurais have this too, where you have a lot of job ability haste. Dark knights uh, get job ability haste crazy amounts. Um, so you want to make sure you're not over capping because if you can rely on having between you know ten, fifteen, twenty five percent job ability haste. Well, that means that you only need 55% haste from other sources to make it work. Job so, makes you know, you can start backing possible. up on gear. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, uh, you're still going to reach your attack, attack cap of 80% if you can cap it from other sources using dancers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, haste Samba is one of the most impressive buffs in the game. There's really no underutilized though. Code. Yeah, there's no downside to using it really. Like worst case scenario, no one's truly benefiting, but there's situations where like maybe someone's gear didn't swap properly and you're still helping them have haste where they wouldn't have had it. Like you, there's all sorts of stuff that can that can come into play for that. And it's not like Asper or Drain Samba actually does anything. So best case I could say would be for my Dragoon where if I'm uh, you know, suddenly not fully magic capped and I'm getting the extra job ability five percent there, I would have probably enough from Samba to make up the yeah. extra three percent of gear haste I'm missing. Yeah, and I mean, try to not lean on dual wield is what I really want to get at because, and the same goes to martial arts as well because that's a straight delay reduction as a delay re reduction too. Um, you want to hit as frequently as possible, but if you're hitting more frequently but getting less TP, you're, there's actually a, a point where you're actually doing less DPS because you've nerfed yourself so hard. So, um, Generally, the most efficient way is to use to just season your your uh, your build with with dual wield. Like just use it where it's necessary, as opposed to using it all the time, because you you probably don't need as much as you think. Yeah, I only have Herc feet, legs, not Herc legs, but the Carmine legs, uh, body, hands, earring, waist, back. That's the only pieces I carry. So I don't even have a head yeah. or anything else like and, that or and, neck. And when it comes to delay reduction, don't sweat the small shit either. Like, if you're like 1% off, just gear for store TP and your multi-attack and stuff. Like ninjas, for example, don't try to get that 1% somewhere. You you have better returns on your gear trying to make sure that you have the right amount of multi-attack and store TP. That's for any dual wield job. I've never seen 1% ever, yes. ever be something worth chasing for dual wield, ever. No. In, in fact, it's usually pretty safe to go to like 9 dual wield um, on a lot of these jobs that have dual wield 3. And being like at 78%, sometimes even 77%. But if you go too much below that, you're starting to dip into that territory where your attack speed could be faster. And I'd rather you're taking be, a bit of a hit at that I'd point. I'd rather be too over than too under. You think so? Yes. 
I'm the opposite. Being one under is fine, absolutely. Being one over is absolutely fine, but I'd rather be two over than two under. I think I would start drawing the line at about three to four. Well, it, but I mean, this is, is this exponential is here, at this so. point. Like it's, I, oh, I know. Uh, but I mean, like these are these are returns where, like, I guess you'll notice on a parse at some point, but it's not anything that's gonna like show up immediately. That's true. Like they're, yeah. Like I right mean, now, we're just kind of. We're, yeah, we're, we're just swinging for no reason. I mean, I also yeah. keep skill training in mind, so if I'm getting less TP, I'm happier to do that to skill chain. If I'm weakened or if I'm over by a couple, I always keep that hopefully in mind. Because I don't, I mean, I usually think in my terms of I'm probably alone or I'm with one or two other people and I have more control of the situation. If I'm in an alliance, it doesn't fucking matter. That's fair. Or just a party, yes, it doesn't fair. matter. But yeah, um, moral of the story, though, is get as much to will as you need because anything more than you need is actively gimping your dps because you're getting less tp return to have weapon. that problem with puppet master and Kunkunkun. yeah right 55 martial arts on a weapon you can't get rid of it sometimes it's great it's absolutely great but then you're over capping without any other dual wheeled gear on pup with Kunkunkun. so it's kind of wish they did something about that yeah and i thought they did at one point but every time i bring that up up i get proven wrong so i just stopped waging that war i mean i don't ever have to worry about martial arts really in in most sets like with god hands i think i have to equip a single of those maka earrings to make the delay right but I other than it was that, more than like, that. It almost never comes up i know you definitely need one mm -hmm. but uh, if you're cat magic yeah but as soon as you this moment not, you're not, not, not when you're master oh uh, you're on monk i'm, I'm right. talking I'm, about monk i'm talking about pop with god yeah, yeah sorry yeah, you get more you get more martial arts than i do my friend and you can't turn that off either. yeah in fact i actually think i'm wrong i actually think i'm wrong i think it's before your master that's the case i'd i'd have to calculate it out again uh, i don't remember what i actively it's like sc is something that's great for certain builds it's correct and hurts but... other builds yeah I, you just have to constantly monitor your gear to make sure that you're not bad i guess because this is yet another situation where you want to make sure you're not copying the guide because your circumstances may not be the same as theirs. Speaking you know, of... Keep these things in mind. Well, actually, yeah, the, I think the guides are generally very narrow and focused because unless you want to spend hours of your life hoping there's a shout or joining a shout and trying to edit between runs, uh, unless you want to do that for the rest of all time and then get tells every you know month or every week even or get people telling someone else <laughs> to send you things. I, I come home and Kara goes, I got a tell from this person. Why don't you update the Dragoon guy? I go, oh, you know what? They can really get bent. So unless you want to do that, <laughs> um, you know, those situations, your particular situation will not be mirrored in the guide. Maybe ever. No. Maybe. I mean, maybe ever. If you have everything there throughout, you know, then yes maybe your situation is decently mirrored, but that's also for certain mob, certain debuffs. Uh, for example, Cory or Water of Courage have critical defense bonus, so that's going to change the potential output of a weapon skill like Drake's Bane, or even just your your total white damage. I mean, it's, it'll throw everything off eventually. If you build for, maybe this piece is a little better than that piece because it didn't have crit defense bonus, you know. You're, I mean, you get to a certain point of min-maxing where you don't really care, but in terms of your situation, yeah. it's never reflected in the guide. It is a guide, but I think people take it, especially if you read Auction House, all too literally. Yeah. It's way too literal. And keep in mind, and I'm not going to get too far into spreadsheeting because I have, I feel a certain way about that. But like, if you're sitting at like 7k DPS, I'm just throwing out a number, right? If if you're like your your idea of the best set is like 40 DPS higher, there's no world where you're ever going to notice that difference. I'm just telling you right now. There's, 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 
There's literal no difference between 7,000 DPS and 7,040 DPS. The problem so comes from just gear for sense. whatever. Because you're talking, right? you're talking a thousand or so DPS, maybe fifteen hundred, even two thousand, depending on your gear choices and how much accuracy you need. That's a big DPS yeah. difference. So you're really min-maxing there. If you're losing forty or sixty, or even taking off an Inquadu ring can be a hundred plus DPS for an accuracy yeah. ring. I mean, doing that for multiple slots, you will absolutely notice. Oh, you you might notice. I don't know how observed in multiple slots. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, don't. Don't get bent out of shape, though, if you don't have quite the build that's on there is, is kind of what I'm getting at, because you'll still do just as well. Like there's a lot of play error that comes into comes into account. And a lot of times those sets are built off of a spreadsheet where the spreadsheet isn't playing the game for you. And a lot of times spreadsheet is so you want to keep that in mind. Like it's a very good. Yeah, the spreadsheet can have issues or also um, it, it can just be used as a as a good determiner of where you should be. But it's also a very general determinant as well. Like. It's never going to match your scenario completely, uh, no matter how hard you try to tweak it to. So there's all, always going to be some factor. All Star likes talking to me for whatever reason. I have no idea why, especially because <laughs> whenever they talk to me, generally I sound like even more of an idiot than I generally sound like. They hate spreadsheeting. They absolutely despise it. And they were very excited, or at least they sounded excited to me. They're they're a decent bit eccentric. Um, that they had it where they've worked on where they can run two of their DPS simulators because yes, obviously I agree a simulator is better uh, than a spreadsheet for doing what people wanted to do. Absolutely, no questions asked. The problem is no one's developing the simulators, and go learn Python. Spicy is not a valid response. <laughs> I've heard that one a few times. Eventually, I think uh, he stopped telling me that because I told him stop it. I'm not doing it, <laughs> but he had been able to where he can run two simulators at the same time and then have them skill chain with each other off of the simulations. That's cool. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's actually rather a bit of a game. That's changer. really cool. Yes. But that's uh, but what you're talking about is actually getting closer and closer to playing the game and being able to get a, a, um, a feedback of the actual results that that you you need like we can we can simulate the simulation by interpreting parses properly but there you always run into the problem of the established baseline for parses as well as user errors in between if you feed it through a machine the machine is always going to have the, the the same kinds of output which is a pro and a con because i mean you're also a human you're, you're not going to have the same play style as a machine so while it's going to give you the most accurate results towards determining the best the get best gear build it's still not going to have every piece that a run would encounter. I do like better, it's not going to simulate the bard being, you know, forgetting Mercado or something. You know, I stuff, do better stuff comes than up. I should on Dragoon and how the sheets theoretically should have it. I should be getting killed in DPS theoretically according to these spreadsheets that everyone yeah. loves. And I, I use it. Don't get me wrong. It's how I base my gear. I use it and I apply every other lodging situation I can think to it. I don't just look at that and I go, okay, that's the highest DPS. Those are the best pieces. I don't look at it like that. Uh, I try to use it as a guiding North Star there, but I do better in the runs I go to with people who are better geared. Like, I'm not even ranked 15, so that's already being self-ranks down to jobs with higher DPS output potentials than a uh, Dragoon. Uh, I, I do better for some reason than I ever should and consistently win parses, even if it's narrowly against jobs I should be theoretically losing against. So there's a lot more to... Being, it's context. Yes, and it's it's understanding the situation, knowing how to adapt. It's best in slot. Yes, and <laughs> best in slot, and and knowing. How well, to no, it's the idea of best in slot. It's it's a negative. Yeah, it is. 
because you have in order to have best in slot, you have to have context. And that's what I've always gone on and on and on about in, in situations where you're winning. It's because people are applying contextless best in slot to content where you've rated your job against the content. So you're going to have a higher level of performance outside of play skill. Like I'm just talking about, about a is your job geared properly as opposed to is your job geared the best. So the idea of a best in slot is not actually best in slot most of the time. There's a lot of wasted uh, opportunity in a lot of those best in slot sets. So speaking of best in slot, magic weapon <laughs> skills. Right, because we're going to get down, lost on this road forever. So yeah, magic weapon skills, um, they actually work about the same as nukes. Um, it's not the exact same formula, but what you do want to know is that it there's a, um, a base damage that applies to your, your weapon skill itself that is not your weapon's base damage. And then you get magic damage plus um, that's added in there as well as your D stat term. And what a D stat term is, is just like when we talked about D dex or D or F strength before it's a, it's a uh, term that's compared against an enemy's term that gives you a positive or even a negative number. So um, this is all your base damage. And then that's multiplied by magic attack bonus, um, which is a ratio. It's not actually a straight percentage and it's based off of your magic attack versus the mob's magic defense. If your magic attack is higher than in their defense, it's a multiplier. If it is lower, it is a fraction. So keep that in mind. And then the almighty elemental affinity is multiplied on the end. And that's stuff like your uh, your OB situation. That's stuff like day weather. Um, that's your elemental, uh, your pixie hairpin, your your dark damage plus magic attack bonus stuff. Um, Archon ring. All, Archon ring. Yeah, these, these are all things that get multiplied at the very, very end, um, which is why they're so potent because they're they just have a potentially a really good so spot with the multiple because you know where we're going to well, go yeah. here we're going to go right to the lead and salute yeah so we talked about lead and salute a bit uh before here and there's a lot of times people are like oh do i gear agility or do i gear magic attack bonus oh, what do i do and um what ends up happening when people get low lead and salute numbers is um they take such a hit to their base damage because they don't have a ton of uh, uh or not even a ton just enough comparative agility to the mob's intelligence. So um, as long as you have more agility than the mob has int up to a certain amount, it ends up a positive number. But what ends up happening is in the quest for all of this magic attack bonus gear, especially through like like uh, DM Ogs, you end up with a situation where you have a really low base damage on it, but a really high multiplier. So it gets It would almost weird. make more sense to not... I mean, well, because you have weapon skill damage in there as well as the problem. I think a lot of people also yeah. go, what's the value of weapon skill damage versus... I've seen that too, versus magic attack bonus for Lord and Stood on core. And it's like, okay, that's just a bad question in general. So the reason I'm going to say that's situational is because it, in, in terms of magic attack bonus, that is a ratio. Yes. So your magic attack bonus is going to have more value the more magic defense bonus the mob has. And, Plain if, day, and if you're that. really deficient and... If you look at the magic damage calculation for the weapon skills on BG, you'll see that you have the entire base damage. I mean, I don't even have it right here. Let's see, do I have it? <laughs> uh, I do. So everything that makes up the base damage of your weapon skill here, then gets multiplied by the magic damage multipliers. So, you know, your agility mm -hmm. and everything and your your stats and everything that goes into the other calculations for your base damage, then get multiplied against your other damage calculators there. So as Fox said, it's a ratio for magic attack bonus. So you were telling me before the show the reason people see their, you know, Latin salutes do 16k instead of 40 something k is because they are deficient in their ratio of magic attack bonus to defense. And instead of being multiplied by a one or greater because they are at or above the magic defense bonus of the mob, uh, they, they're doing less. So they're actually getting multiplied by a fraction there. 
or it can even be a situation where the um the 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 d stat because it's times two uh, you gotta remember it's times two if the d stat itself is low enough um you're actually at a, a huge deficit that's for for your your actual base amount so uh, the way math works when you have two values that are multiplied together is you get a bigger return when you increase the smaller number um, and a lot of summoners understand this idea when it comes to blood pack damage um, there's a uh, blood pack damage versus magic attack bonus for something like uh, flaming crush there are points where magic attack bonus is worth more because you have much much more uh, blood pack damage and you know it's a, it's a it's a balance they have to do so if your base damage is lower than your magic attack bonus total you actually gain more by raising your base damage you gain more dps that way and which is uh, crazy practical terms here for mobs in, in this game besides you know i always like to say that i see all these core strikes with r15 death penalty and everything they're just everywhere now it is I, it must be the most common mythic weapon in this game at this point besides maybe hard <laughs> Uh, I just see them everywhere, and I'm at the point where I'm like, I just start sneering at them, and I even make comments sometimes in party. I go, "Wow, you must really enjoy being in divergence with that weapon, huh?" Because that is the place where it shines the most, <laughs> and it is ridiculous there. But it's really, absolutely overrated outside of that. And because if you go into ambuscade, a lot of these mobs have 200 magic defense bonus. I'm trying to look for it right now. There was one I remember one month, it was like 400 magic mm-hmm. defense bonus from one of these mobs. I'm like, your Latin salute is not going to do anything. Have fun with your dangling. I forget what the number came out to, but when I was testing uh, Serif Strikes on Geomancer, um, I found that I think Cromdom has about 260. Mm-hmm. Or not Cromdom, uh, Sangboya has about 260 magic defense bonus. And I just found that out because uh, like I was noticing how it was being reduced on Serif Strike versus Flash Nova. Where Splash Nova doesn't have like a D stat term, so like I could see like straight across what the damage could be, and then I applied that same idea against like Apex mobs that actually have no magic defense bonus, and it's all just a uh, straight, it's all just a straight uh, 1.0 on that, and um, yeah, so basically um, I ended up with like situations where I had like X amount of magic attack bonus in a set, so I knew what the magic defense bonus was because instead of getting like 80k serif strikes, I was getting like 37k serif strikes. And you can actually do this process to figure out what magic defense bonuses are on mobs. Um, but you also have to kind of know that, like, what mechanics you're working with, too. So, like, Sangboya, for example, if you hit it with the same elemental damage type over and over again, it gains resistance. So you have to make sure that if you're testing it that way, you aren't just applying the same element to it over and over and over again, that you let it reset because you can skew your results. But, yeah, mobs generally don't have a ton of magic defense bonus, but NMs typically have quite a bit, especially when you really get up there. Uh, VD is different for, um, for high tier battlefields. They'll have like a ridiculous, let me look it up real quick for value of MDB. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it depends on the mob too, while he's looking that up. Um, there are some mobs like, uh, like black mages. Um, they actually don't have a ton of magic defense bonus. They have a lot more than normal ones do. But a lot of times if you're like trying to like battle their into value, you're losing a lot of base damage in that situation. So you need to know like where you want to shore up. Um, you, you at least have to know based on your set where you want to shore up those weaknesses in order to get the best output. Uh, Geos can only do so much. They do a lot because everything they do is multiplicative, but it's not like the end all be all. Like you're not going to run into a situation where your Geo can carry you through everything forever, especially when they start nerfing content coming in. There you so. go. So I think this cascades through all, at least all the avatars and everything. So for Tenzin, I actually have it on his page. I never the avatars because I'm lazy. I had to go to Tenzin's. So VE, he has 150 magic defense bonus. Then it goes to 180. Then by N, it's 280. 
by D it's 350 and by VD it's 400. Maybe that mob had 350 or 340 if I remember right. I, I don't remember what I came to, but that sounds right, actually. That sounds appropriate for its level. I wouldn't so, yeah, be surprised um, if there were certain ones. So to put it this way, six. yeah, and without any kind of adjustment, like through Geomancy or anything, even jobs that have a crazy amount of magic attack bonus, like a Black Mage, a Black Mage only has like around 500 best case, but it's like 480 magic attack bonus or so. Um, so, so, I mean, yeah, you're beating out his magic defense bonus, and you're beating out by a pretty good margin, but it's not crazy enough to get like really big multipliers like if you could beat it by like 200 or more you're in a better place and so forth and so on so like you sometimes you really have to lean on those geos for that adjustment and i mean the more they uh the more they nerf malaise the the more that you know it's gonna be further and further away from people doing damage with magic weapon skills unless it's particularly weak to it unless you get someone busting out what veto here near or something with the black mage yeah which actually it can do respectable damage i've seen it but it's not and at you the don't end of the get day, malaise in groups unless you're in divergence and you're purposely getting malaise from someone. So, yeah. you know, a Beastmaster would not be a bad companion to bring for coursers that actually want to see their multiplier go up. Nope. No, because that Beastmaster also wants to primal rend if possible, too. That's mm-hmm. actually a decent weapon skill to use. Um, and this, this also applies to, like, nuking, too. So nuking is kind of like firing off your own weapon skill whenever you want. It's uh, like you're casting Thunder look up what thunder is uh thunder five for example um you'll see a base damage and then you'll you can also see the rest of the magic formula i'm not going to get too far into it but it works about the same like the same ratios apply the same magic damage plus adds to the base damage so just kind of keep that in mind if you're gearing a mage because i wanted to talk about as many dds as possible and rangers and stuff fall into this, these these things too so like for physical weapon skills the f strength is a little different but more or less it works the same and for like uh, magic weapon skills, we just covered that. And we're going to talk about hybrid weapon skills next because we've kind of been going for a while. Yeah. So hybrids, um, you just combine everything you know about magic and physical and you call it a day. Um, you have a physical component and that turns into your base damage. And then your magical component has base damage in it again, but in a different form. And then those are combined and it's multiplied by your magic attack bonus. So magic attack bonus is really huge, but for the same reason that you want to watch your damage on lead and salute builds and and things like that, you want to make sure that your base damage is high enough to take advantage of that high magic attack bonus. And that's where jobs like uh, samurai and ninja really crush with um, uh, stuff like uh, blade chi uh, and blade toe and like tachi jinpu. And it used to be hot shot on ranger before fraud had that nerf. (laughs) <laughs> by complaining I was the thinking, forums. I was thinking think about how many things SE has changed because of someone from you know an English speaking place is just complaining forums. No, no, they they usually don't do anything. So the fact that he did something is great. I loved it. I was so happy. There was so much salt. I had to bring it up. Oh man. I, maybe we should get fraud on one day. I mean it is it is great. <laughs> oh maybe. But yeah, as you you want you want magic damage plus because after you get the, your physical solution you need your for base damage you need your magic solution for your base damage and on a job like ninja in particular you get a lot of base damage plus on that job because you get your main hand and your offhand and it usually adds up to about 480 nowadays which is a huge amount of magic damage plus so just know that if you're going to use magical weapon skills or hybrid weapon skills you want to keep in mind that you have that base damage plus on there because it's going to add more your a uh, more of a base to your multipliers later it does matter but that's about it for that i mean i mean so people always see jinpu being used 
in you know these apex parties by these bots and RMTs is an effective way to just kill things because it's nine 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 nine. Or it it's can, not hard to do. It either. can be up to yeah. So I mean, if anyone's conf- what do you think people will be confused about there? Because you know it's obviously just you have to you have more things to worry about. You have to worry about a physical and a magical component to boost no. them up you know sufficiently. But I mean, the, the reason they advertise that is for two things. First off it makes it look like their service is elite because they're doing cap damage. And secondly, um, it's it's supposed to be fast because it is cap damage, right? But that's actually not hard to achieve. Apex mobs don't have a magic defense bonus. They really your multiplier, don't. yeah, your multiplier is straight up crazy. You sure they have no magic defense bonus? It's very low if they have any. I'd assume it's low. It's 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 incredibly low. Um, you almost you almost get a, a straight multiplier for um for your magic attack bonus value. Such a weird decision on SE's part. Yeah, it has been that, to that's, encourage magic use. That's part of why they're so they're so weak to skill chains and stuff. Like it's so easy to cap damage, and it's so very easy to cap damage on uh, stuff like Jinpu and uh, Chi and all that, um, because they have inherently weak magic defense bonus. And the the crabs um, are about your most resilient target, but that's only if they get bubble curtain off. Otherwise, you do Jinpu, Jinpu, next crab, and you're just good to go because it makes a skill chain. It's cap damage, cap, cap damage, skill chain. So it's not actually as special as it looks, and a lot of samurais, if they really looked at the formula, could gear just as easily for it and get crazy JP just going out there and just murdering stuff because it has like very small amounts of uh, magic defense bonus. But you know, now getting the magic how attack could bonus I pay gear is for my job points. Then I don't know. You could pay for yourself by by going out and just doing it. Like honestly, like you could sell spots, right, and then just actually play. And I mean, while it's shitty, um, you don't need anyone's help to get the the CP and it's stuff you'd be doing anyways. And you wouldn't be some bot just mechanically taking up mob spots. Did I ever share so on here yet how know. to MPK the bots besides just being a Beastmaster? I don't think so. Oh, oh, it was really easy. So if you just want to go out there and kill these bots because they're jerk off RMTs and not like I inherently hate RMTing in the past, I'd been the most, you know, uh, the RMTs weren't bothering. I mean, it was until the sparks. And then I still kind of, because they were out of sight and everyone else was doing more damage than the RMT, and it kind of made their guild worthless, I didn't care. But it wasn't until more recently with the bots being everywhere and everyone and their mother trying to make a dime off 11 that I really started hating RMTing for the first time in over a decade. Yeah. And, you know, that all aside, so if you... It's the choke it puts, it's the chokehold. It it absolutely causes, yeah, it, it causes these bottlenecks in the community and also fractures the community. We've been over this before. So, um, yeah, yeah. If you go around there on a job, you could theoretically do it on any job. If you have King of Hearts AOE, you know, you'd have to have several mobs around you aggro and not being claimed by bots. So, if the room of the the bulls or whatever, uh, the bat and crab bull could have like five parties at a time. So, if that's there, it's going to be hard to do because there's not enough mobs. But if you go on a job like Rune or Paladin or anything, you can gather all the mobs and get hate on them, and they'll be white. And the bots will keep trying to claim mobs you have more enmity over. So you could do it with trust if you have a tank trust or whatever. It's a lot more difficult, but you wouldn't have to warp out or die. I would just die so that you don't look... I mean, I don't know. I, I guess you could still be flagged for MPKing anyway. <laughs> uh, so all you have to do is the bots will keep just random range attacking all these mobs. All you got to do is just die or warp out. And then the all the mobs will go over and just instantly kill the puller and everyone. Because the energy transfer, yeah. Yes, and they'll be fighting other mobs while this is happening, so they'll be carrying and other stuff will be going on the party, so they'll all have hate on these mobs because of, you know, their programming, and it just kills these groups. 
<laughs> and you yeah, can transfer just... is actually a bad word. Um, well, but yeah, it, basically the next highest on the hate list because it sat there and tried to range tech for so long. Yeah, that's funny. You know, so that and you can just kill all these bot groups and just they if they're not there at the keyboard, they're not going to get up. And anyone in the party that paid is screwed. And you can go and JP all you want, or you can just do some social justice there. So could do that. Quick uh, intermission there to say that. <laughs> Fair, fair. But yes, I did say I mean, it was a good could, time. Be, could be flagged to a GM for MPKing. I don't think so. If you die legitimately in the area, that's their fault for claiming. You you would think it's their fault for claiming the mods, yeah. but you never know what a GM will do. You're clearly griefing that's at true. that point. So maybe do it once and, and go. Don't like constantly do it. They should definitely yeah, be free they're, to do they're it once and trying go. To claim. Yeah, th- yeah, you're right, though. They're still trying to claim, though. So that means that they were prepared for the poll. Well, I don't want to encourage anyone to so get So I don't banned. think you can get banned. I mean, yeah, it's still true. the risk. If you do it once, you're absolutely, I, I think it would absolutely be fine. If you're doing it all day, then you're clearly griefing and they would see that. So do it once, do it twice, you know. Yeah. Whenever anyone gives you advice, I mean, even if it's us, right? We, we, we generally come from a good place when we try to give advice. But if anyone ever gives you advice, just always weigh the risks. Well, I, I do, though. Like, I want people to succeed in this game so I don't have to play with bad people. Like that's well, yes, I, I believe in empowering people. Yeah, so I mean, em- empower them, right? But it's still assess, assess the situation and like don't try to throw it on the person who gave you advice. At the end of the day, you're the one who pulled the trigger. So anyway, but that was a good intermission though because while we talked for a, a long time about damage, um, DDs don't only interact with damage. And like honestly, the most important part is probably the smallest section on my show notes for today. And that's damage received and enemy mitigation. Good thing I spent all the time tie. talking about damage. What was I doing? Right. Well, I mean, we can't do the episode a disservice by not talking about how these mechanics work. But at the same time, doing the best damage ever is not as good as making sure that you don't aren't a dead DD. And I like like it says here, like I, I've beaten this dead horse so many times, but you have to be able to take a hit if you're a DD. No tank is perfect. Like I am an excellent tank and I lose hate It is what it is. And honestly, sometimes I lose hate on purpose so that I can make my uh, I can make my people bleed empty. Like that's actually something you can do as long as you keep them alive at the same time. And that's actually a practice you can do on Paladin. But um, make sure you can take a hit and make sure that as a DD, you are also focusing on the PDF equation because it's not just for your tanks. If you take a hit in Odyssey, a lot of times people notice they're getting crit for like four to six hundred damage, and that's because in a lot of these really greedy TP sets that have like augmented Adamar. you know Ryzen Jima gear yeah Adamar um some of the older sets um you're not you don't have enough defense and they're capping PDF versus you and that's why they're doing this crazy damage they don't have enhanced damage they have en- enhanced damage multipliers which is what we talked about at the start of this it's the same reason why it's so important that you cap attack that you prevent your opponent from capping attack and that's going to be more and more important because the, the AoEs are not going to get any nicer in this game they're going to get worse and worse. Um, there's a mob type that my Odyssey group used to avoid. Uh, we call, call them the Flappy Birds. It's the uh, Epkalu. And that's because they birds. do this. Yeah, we call it Flappy Birds. And we used to avoid them like the plague. But now we cruel joke them because that's our thing. And we don't have to feed them TP. But they do, what is it, Wing Whirl? And Wing, wing Whirl, when it's, yeah. Yeah, when it's PDF against you, it's the most ridiculous damage. Like, I've been slapped and for like 9,000 damage. Yeah, it's really dumb. So do yourselves a favor and start keeping these new gear sets in mind, not just because they're new and they have DT on them, but because they have enough defense and make sure your parties, like when they're dishing out buffs, make sure you're getting that at night's men also, because it's just going to help you survive those hits 
I've line. been like, it's, it's incredible. struggling to ask for a min constantly on Rune. I would be happy to have one min. If you're getting four songs, I don't need a second attack song, frankly, in, in Odyssey. I want that extra min, so I'm not getting crit for 600 damage. Yeah, I mean, most of the time the content's only like around the, the high 130s, like 138, 139, something like that. So, I mean, while that is relevant content in terms of what defense they have, it's not so high that you need to buff it like it's a Ryzen Jima Helm or you oh, know, yeah. Wave 3 boss. Ryzen Jima Helms yeah, like sometimes comparably don't idea. feel like they hit as hard as these Odyssey fodder mobs. They don't. Um, that's because they aren't as attack adjusted as we are uh, as they are in Odyssey. Like Odyssey mobs are specifically attack adjusted to the point where they're capping P-Diff. And Fucking when you look at Ryzen Jima, you also have <laughs> you also have the zone buffs too. Like you, you have extra defense from the zone buffs uh, protecting you. You have extra DT um, that you sometimes don't factor into sets where you wouldn't have cap, and it may put you a cap in Ryzen Jima. You don't have all these extra layers of defense in places like Odyssey, and with this kind of content going forward, you, you need to keep this stuff in mind. You can't do damage from the floor, and ultimately it is your fault if you die. Well, sometimes it I mean, is your fault. Well, it's ultimately your fault if you die. Oftentimes it is your fault. I've had times where it's clearly not the person's fault because the mage was terrible. The only reason I say that, and, and again, it's not because I do anything awesome or that I'm an awesome player or anything. Like, I do math. That's about it. But I've tanked mobs in Odyssey on Scholar. Like, I've, I've tanked incoming damage on Scholar. There's, there's no excuse that a DD should be getting completely blown up if they pull hate off of one mob from the tank. Like Every time a DD dies, I check happen. them. That is nine <laughs> times out of ten you, when I'm I guess you should. Someone, it's because when they're dead, I'm checking. And it's not DT yeah. here most times. And the idea from DD is, because I, I, I guess some are dumb, and they like the idea of pulling hate off the tank because it makes them feel powerful and stuff. Like, try not to do that. And on top of, like, making sure your damage received is good with those ideas, like, you want to make sure that you're controlling enmity as well. It is your responsibility to do that, not just the tanks. And it's actually a good thing to take a hit every once in a while, but you want to make sure you're taking a hit in the right kind of gear. Uh, I see a lot of DDs gear for um, DT and plus HP, which is actually incorrect. Um, if you don't need that plus HP to survive the hit, and a lot of times you don't, you should actually gear for as little HP as possible for the same reason I mentioned on the tank guide, or not tank guide, but the tank mechanics, um, because you will bleed more enmity with lower HP, like the, the more you damage you take, like you will actually do the party justice by having low HP. And if you have negative enmity on your gear or your bard's been able to give you that negative enmity song, and like, let's say the scholar also put like the negative enmity spell on you, um, you're, it's just even better whenever you get hit, like you're bleeding so much enmity at that point that the mob should be able to turn around and keep you safe. Um, but you're wearing enough DT to be able to take the hit at the same time, if that makes sense. There's that necklace from Domain Invasion, which makes a great DT oh. set piece if you're really in a situation where you don't want to keep hate. Oh, that necklace and the sheer earring. So the 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 necklace is really the good. AP, though. Because it works like... Yeah, I, I mean, the, the sheer earring is, is special. Like, you want a red mage in your party to even try to use it. it. It does use a lot of MP. So, like, that'll be for, like, your monks and warriors who don't need MP go ahead and use that earring. But um, if they can even equip it, I honestly don't remember what jobs. It's only equip. a few jobs. I know you're but uh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's good. Six Man, they would never pull hate. But uh, that necklace is actually really good because it lets you bypass the uh, 50% uh, or the negative 50 enmity down cap. It, it applies just like that tank gear does, 
that uh, lets you retain enmity um, for the damage you take. Is it like a it's earring? the opposite version. It's an earring. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the earring or whatever for the neck. Yeah, your, I your only really ear. first thought about it because Eric's had it in his puppet master thing for when he has his pet fighting and he wants to maintain not getting as much enmity or keeping it or being able to vent or in between vents stuff like that. It's actually a very good piece to throw in for a DT set where you don't yeah. want to tank. Yeah, I don't know the exact values on it, but it works just like a reverse Burt Gang. Like if for paladins that have that and understand how it works, like you're going to bleed extra enmity when you get hit, which is amazing. Uh, it doesn't affect VE though, because VE is its own thing. But uh, just being able to to dump your your CE faster is really, really important. And if people can work that into their DT sets, they're probably for the better. I generally enjoy subbing Dragoon, even though it's not a larger... I mean, if your attack cap, it is the best DPS sub, which is also nice. But I just enjoy the high jump. I've always enjoyed it since uh, Corsair back in the... When high-tier battlefields were brand new, shooting stuff on core with the Rangers. When I get hate, I would just love to run up and high jump as core sub Dragoon. Yeah. I'd watch Rangers die because they couldn't shed their yeah. hate. Yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, I love being on a Ranger Sub Dragoon for that same reason, because if I'm using like uh, if I'm using my Annihilator, I'm never going to pull hate ever. Like it's it's the most fun thing to just be able to span spam weapon skills with Reckless Abandon. It's so great. Um, and then uh, when you mentioned like when the tank went down in your in your fail ambuscade group, um, well, he didn't really have much in the way of anything. So I could see him dying. He was, well, he was using I like a, how like a Nixer or something at that. I don't even think it was a Nixer. It was like some random weapon i really like how you weren't like spamming high jump though because in that situation with the tank down you are the next most hardy thing in the yep. party so if like let's say you high jump the mages die immediately Fox. or the corsair dies you know what i do is i do use segan in third eye <gasps> <laughs> you actually use defensive buffs no way oh shit but yeah do that that's smart like uh, like uh and the, this is one of the last points i put in the notes too it, like a good dd is not just mitigating their enmity to keep it as low as possible. A good DD, when you're a hardy DD, will actually just stay just below the tank. Because if something happens to that tank, you can at least hold the line. And this is something that came up when I did a War of Courage last. Um, I was out there on Dark Knight messing around uh, with upheaval spam and um, armor break and stuff. And our rune fencer just for whatever reason exploded. And I then proceeded to just tank the fight on uh, on Dark Knight. Like, I didn't try to pull hate off of him or anything, but I tanked the fight until he was up, and then I intentionally bled enough enmity to give it back to him. And that's what a DD wants to do. Like, that's your goal. It's not to pretend that you're so cool because, like, you can take the hits from the mob or pretend you're something you're not, like being a tank, because you're sacrificing your DPS to do that. You want to be able to hold the line for as long as possible and then just give it away. So being able to actively mitigate your your enmity is a, is a really good play style and a really good interaction to provide for the party because it stops wipes and it maximizes DPS in situations where things go wrong because they still will. Give it away. Give it away. Give your hate away now. <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to get musical again. Always. But yeah. I, you know, I've Man. seen a lot of times where the tank goes down and it's kind of just taken for granted that, well, the white mage will use Kira me and keep me alive. And I see it where wipes didn't have to happen. And you didn't have to go back into a potentially decent queue if it's, you know, the start of the month or a weekend or something. So, you know, when I was doing Ambuscade earlier, I had no wait. But sometimes you do get a wait and have to wait. I think it's not been as bad ever since they added some things recently. Because it used to be actually be a pretty bad wait. You'd be waiting for a while. Now it's only during card campaigns you have to wait for something like Omen. 
Otherwise, I mean, there's no reason to have to go and wait oh, yeah. or to have to do it all over again because it, it takes a few minutes to buff. So if you take an extra few minutes every time to make sure you don't have to go back in, queue, take an extra two minutes to buff because your bard does four dummy songs instead of two and two, you know, all these things that take up extra time because <laughs> they don't know how to do anything or they're just using a bot or a send command. You know, all those things take up time. You know, I never understood that about bard. Like, I always sing the songs I'm supposed to sing as my dummies like i, I don't get the i got whole two really excited thing. one day just just start out with your micro and just go for it i got really excited one day in odyssey yeah. and shoal c on rune fencer because the bard was singing their songs and i suddenly had min i'm like oh, you gave me min and then i had another min and then i had a third min and then i had a fourth min and i go really oh, no. <laughs> i suddenly had oh, four no. four brown because i used the xi view since uh the yes. Yeah, I had four brown oh, songs. I'm like, what? That's not even a good song. I guess they're yellow. They're like yellow use because it has like buffs. Yeah, they are. They are yellow. I that, I was actually going to mention it's, the yellow icon being exciting, but yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a yellowish brown. It's but there's mustard. there's min enhancement gear. It's uh, it's actually harder to overwrite a min with the ballad. <laughs> oh, I didn't get ballad either. Oh, there was no ballad. Oh, I I hope you don't get ballad. It was March. March Min Min. Oh no! I'm getting beat up, guys. We're on floor three. I'm getting hit a little hard here. This is why I really like bringing your red mage to those groups because if you get haste two, it just makes your song slots so much more flexible. Like you can get everything your party. They would probably just keep the same songs. I've seen that where they don't they refuse to change songs because they're using send commands or a macro or something, or uh, or they just give you an extra min. Oh my heart, my poor heart. Oh, I see a lot of stuff in pugs. I pugs are like a safari. Oh, you sweet summer child. I am so sorry. Carrie's, I am so sorry. Carrie's to the point where I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is wrong with you people? And she's like, why don't you just make your own party? I'm like, because they're stupid, that's why. I'm going to get these same stupid people if I make one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. So did we cover everything? Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly, like, my, my throat is super dry, and I think that might be the, the wordiest I've ever been in an episode, honestly. Thank you for doing all the heavy lifting there. Oh, no problem. I mean, I was just kind of, I just kind of wrote down a list of shit and went for it. So it was no big deal, man. It it was an outline. I just, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of outlines because they're less conversational, but whenever we have a topic that we need to structurally tackle, outline things. Oh yeah, I know. I know you definitely did. I (laughs) I mean, the bird eventually died. I'm glad. Yeah. And then I had windows updates pop up and make a loud noise that you didn't hear, but will be on the recording. And throughout the whole time, discord has been terrible with connection. So. A lot of janky. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're already boosted level one. I don't want anyone Uh, to spend more money on us. I'm going to have to start investing in alternative methods here. Alternative facts. Yeah. So if anyone has an idea of like good software that we can use to help smooth out recordings, please let us know. But um, I don't want to take like we don't want to necessarily do research. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to take away time from like taking naps and doing responsible adult things to do research either as a giant man child. Your version of Windows 10 will soon reach the end of service. Well, it's better than my unactivated version. Well, you have an unactivated version. <laughs> yeah, dude. So if uh, you ever look at my screenshots, like I carefully crop out the bottom right-hand corner because <laughs> it says activate Windows on like the screen I'm on. I have a legitimate copy. <laughs> I just, you know, I don't use this lap. It actually sits in my nightstand. So when I do a podcast, what I do is I have a thing, the laptop that's on beneath the nightstand. It's not a big nightstand. It's a nice one, but it's not big. 
At least I like it. In the top draw, I pretty much only have the laptop, and I pull it out, and it's already plugged in through the back of the nightstand, and I pull it over here, and then I have the boom and the mic beneath the bed, and the everything, the clamp and everything there. So it's like it's instead of having like a gun beneath your bed, you pull out. I just have like uh, the entire setup for this, and I just pull it all out. <laughs> nice. It's classy. But with that, I think we've covered everything. Yep, we're good. So if you would like to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us at WTFinvanadeal at gmail.com or join our Discord. Um, There's lots of good conversations that go on on there. Um, I have been really neglectful of our Discord lately, but I'm glad there's a lot of people still uh, interacting. Yeah, I've noticed. I've noticed. Uh, But there's a lot of people still interacting on there, and it's a good source of information for people, especially when you ask questions. We've got help channel um, where we can um, answer uh, questions for help and then uh, we also have like mechanics and math that sort of deal so that's where definitely Martel jump in, in and see if you can contribute yeah that and like somehow also in my lab yes anyone who has been a why, guest why do we give them access <laughs> anyone who's been a guest in the show has access to the lab I figured they have something but that's a input. good place yeah but that, that's a good place where we'll stick like stuff that we don't want overridden by spam and like general chat and stuff and you can learn quite a bit by sifting through it there's a lot of info but hey just take some time to learn some more about the game maybe it'll give you some ideas on testing that you want to do it's it's cool stuff your so odyssey setups in there with details yeah i didn't think of a better place to put it and i really wanted to, to share the odyssey setup with people because a lot of people don't have the super buff dds but it's a lot easier to theoretically like, here for evasion you and could put it on the talk joke. page for odyssey on bg yeah. but you know i like the last too. I also like teasing yeah. the next episode in the podcast chat section every week because that's what I like doing. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, for sure. And send us an email with questions. I always like the questions. The guy who emailed us last time, I emailed him yeah. back. He didn't He didn't get back to us, so I guess he hates us. I guess he didn't like my answer. Oh, that's sad. Maybe he didn't. It just sucks when you have to deliver like the pseudo shit of situational answers because you know people are usually looking for something definitive it's like hey you sound like an expert please give me a definitive answer and it's like well we can't do that so i mean we sort of did we like told them what jobs were great but it wasn't like the job or that you're doing it right or it's it's a personal thing i mean if you're asking what car should i get that's a personal thing but you could put more fact to it behind it and more you know things that line up with you whether the car does xyz you could do more of that than you can with what job should i play because it's a yeah the, the scope is so much wider there and it's one of the number one questions i see asked whether it's on shitty reddit or anywhere else it's just that's the question everyone goes well what jobs are good for a starting player or what's good for people looking for things or i want to be liked what can i do i mean it's 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 not an yeah. answerable question what's the best color what music's the best I mean, these are all personal things. We've spent what we like a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I don't expect people to go out there and gear up Puppet Master as a first job, so I don't recommend it, but I enjoy Pup, and it was my first 75 before they, I didn't touch it for seven want, years. If someone wants my real answer on something, I would just pick what's the most fun. This is a 20-year-old game, and everyone can smash stuff. Like, just give care and attention to the job you enjoy playing and you'll not only want to play it more, but you'll also be better at it than you would have been just, you know, cookie cuttering something else. I so I guess we'll answer this question. Again. 20 years old. What's that got to do with anything? Oh, it's got plenty to do with everything. Like just like, uh, just like Yatner said last time or when is last time at this point, Yatner was on like three episodes ago. Right. But, but basically 
like there's a lot of evolutions that have taken place and just people's mindsets and, and what they're, um, you know, what, what they still have time for in game, you know, this is a leisurely thing. Just make sure you're having fun doing it. And, you know, with the hobby being as old as it is, there's a lot of information out there about it already. So go learn about, you know, how this game works because there's a lot more there now than there used to be. And you can make a lot of things work just by applying a lot of things we talked about on, on the, the show in the last show, um, just towards your job and, and understanding how your job works, you'll be a better player than most of the people next to you. I will say, even though this is also the longest goodbye we've had, which who cares? Oh yeah, um, that's right. I will say <laughs> we're tying it up. Yeah, I will say that this podcast, uh, in talking about the game and things, not only has it changed a bit of my play style, uh, particularly my philosophy on how I'm building my DT sets and how I'm tanking, I guess. So not only have I changed my, it's kind of hard to describe. Um, you could say that I'm, I still push it, but I'm not purposely just trying to end up on the floor, even though I usually am not ending up on the floor. I try to push it without ending up on the floor and it, it, you'll end up on the floor more for that. But usually I don't end up on the floor first, at least. And I think I've changed my approach now to a point where I'm considering builds in ways I never did, but also I'm joining pug groups, which is something I just didn't do. I would get on the game and just not joining these groups. And I, I'm having more fun um, with the outlook I have after just talking about the game, if that makes any sense, as opposed to yeah. being on the game. I, it's not like I know infinitely more. I mean, you've, you've given me a lot of extra stuff to, that I didn't know or to chew on or this or that. It's, it's also very helpful. It's not like I've been, it's not like I learned to read though. It's not like I was illiterate and so they learned to read and it's like, oh my God, Dr. Seuss is racist. You know, it's not like, it's not like, I, I didn't have that. I just, I just went there. I didn't have that in my head at all. I was not playing. I, I, I wasn't trying to get there, but that was good. Um, you know, but it's just, that's the kind of thing I hope uh, others take away from this as well. And that I have, so it's, it's nice. And also I think hopefully, which is the goal of the entire thing that roped you in in the start. Since, you know, yeah. we don't uh, run around doing stuff is when people hear this in an intimate setting and there's no like voices of dissension from I'm not going to use an expletive here. People on the forums because I really wanted to. Right. I, the forums are such a bad tool now because you have certain people and you have also certain people that sound really smart who aren't like Simon says. Yes. And they poison oh, the well to the point. Uh, I'm absolutely. I'm, I've I've had it with him at this point. I'm so tired of him and all these threads. I and it, I didn't care in the past, and I had no, uh, you know, adversity to him. You know, I was not turned off by him. Uh, but I got to the point where I'm I'm fucking sick of Simon says, "Get the fuck out of here." He's ruining. Honestly, I don't. I don't ever like. Usually, when I when I look at what, what this dude's trying to like position. I draw a lot of the same conclusions, not like I've seen like all the work he's done on like any particular subject, but like I'll draw a lot of the same conclusions, but I'll never like talk down to people about it or anything or like whatever, if they're wrong. Like I remember this? I was, uh, I was going over the PDL thing with, uh, with Martel on, uh, on the discord. And we were like working out how uh crit rate affects the, the PDL chart and everything. And, and I remember that the conclusion ended up being like what Simon says had posted but it's good that we checked and you know, just because I like, let's say I agree with that doesn't mean that, you know, I condone what he's doing. Like there's a better way of going about delivering this information to people 
without trying to sound like you're some sort of like high and mighty expert all the time because I, I hope i don't come off that way i don't well no you don't you're at least very conscious of that i don't have a problem with people talking down especially if they can back it up or have a place that's coming from there is certainly uh you know it can be used sparingly effectively and if you use it too much then it, it is not effective and it is not a positive at that point it doesn't help your case it makes you look worse but yes there were plenty of things that he personally says that are right. It's when he's wrong and has an ego about it and has to either not answer <laughs> or change his answers in the future based on people who have proven him wrong who he won't admit to, or he changes settings to suit his own reasoning and his own, you know, you set off for a goal to do something that you think is the case. And I'm not saying it isn't no math, but I'm saying what happens is things get perverted and then a conflict ensues and then either he'll stop talking or but all along this whole time people don't know what's going on one way or the other you have just people disagreeing and these people who are going for answers now are being either led astray by lines of reasoning such as i'm working on this thing guys it's gonna be super big mandow is great instead of being you know, right away, you should be like, wait, that doesn't sound right. What's wrong with that? <laughs> the moment I open that up, I go, I don't know what's going on here, but I know it's not right. And I am not a math person. And then, you know, Tell me more. if that wasn't found out that way, it would have been not revealed. And this, it, it's, it's a thing where when you act privately and send things privately and try to say things so people don't see what's going on, that's what he does. And that's what I don't like. It's, it's very, yeah. but anyway, we this episode, should, I'm about to cut this have, out. I, I maybe I don't know. Like at least have some humility. Like I remember when I argued with Eric's about uh, how many hits base Howling Fist had because I was so adamant that it had a base of three, and then I was so wrong at the end of the day. And like I can admit that I was wrong. Just it's okay. It happens. Like it doesn't make you less smart. One of the things I get makes from, you more smart from All Star the time is I'll just get a random message in the middle of the day. This idiot doesn't know how Ninja works now. And I'm like, okay, what's Simon doing now? Oh, I don't no. even ask. I just go, what's Simon doing now? And that's that's the point I'm at. Before it wasn't a problem. Before there was good information. And there still is. But it's at the point where you don't know everything. And when you're wrong, just admit it. And just stop it. Not keep trying to prove a point that you were already setting out to prove in the first place, whether it was right or wrong. Anyway. And there's a difference between fact checking and proving that point just to be right too. Like you want to make sure you you check all your your test cases because anyone any good scientist will do that. Like they'll 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 check all the controls and things and just make that's sure that's where I think it this goes information off the rails, truly is correct. Is I don't think there's yeah. controls put in place to check, and I think he's very capable of doing yeah. that, but does not do that. And I think the more I keep gotcha. someone made a comment, you should have mon this and that. And the moment I saw that comment, even before this, I'm like, no, that's never happening. But then at this point, I'm like, oh, absolutely no. Because the voices of dissension on these forums that lead people astray when they're asking for how to do damage or this or that or sets or this or that, you get people that don't know. You get other people who are just weird and ruin things like Anova or um, I forget his name, Kuroganashi. You get people like that. And it's just, it's just, especially when they offer advice and they give the wrong advice and it's just, absolutely off the wall bad stuff and you just have all these people going off at each other and sure there's generally people in there that people look to like martel martel is sterling because he yeah. doesn't engage in any of that and he says it and he backs it up and does ample testing and he he has a track record and he very he contributes absolutely more than possibly anyone else i mean not anyone else in history maybe yeah. but just he, he he's up there absolutely at the very top echelons of contributions and yeah 
I think my favorite part about all of this is, is how I refuse to uh, let you achieve escape velocity from this episode. <laughs> yes, but no, I, I, I got sucked down this hole. Like you, of, you, you started escaping, and then I was like, I got sucked down this hole of what our conversation this? is more intimate with people when we're trying to. We're we're very cautious, or at least you're more cautious than I am, as per usual. And what we try to say <laughs> to convey to people, because there are no voices of dissension, and it's more intimate, and we're taken more seriously in that manner. But also, that got me down the hole of places like the forums end up not helping, because yeah. you have people that know, people that think they know, people that don't know, and people that don't know and don't care, and they're just there to hang around. And it all turned into this... Like when we to look at a thief guide or something, that's the thief thread that's never the guide's never been updated in there for like eight years, and everyone's like, "Well, what do I do?" And they go, "Just read through the thread." And when I'm 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 reading like the pub thread and everything because I I do like maybe two pages a week. Okay, I I sometimes I'll sit down and do all thirty pages on behind and just be done. But when I go through it, sometimes I'll just skip most of an entire page because it is just utter crap. And I'm you glad know, we don't have that. I have to and. And honestly, when it comes to the forums, like what all, all I do is I use it for ideas. Like I, I'm glad it's bringing attention to something is the first thing I think. And then the second thing I think is I'm just going to take this with the biggest baseball sized grain of rock salt I can think of. Like this shit drops off of those uh, crabs you farm in Abyssia Miserale size fucking rock salts. And I, I'm just like, well, they can have their little battle. I know that I'm right next situation. I don't need to you know, talk about it on the Internet. Just look at it for the positive that it is. At least there's some sort of eye being cast towards X problem in the game, and hopefully someone's looking at it, and hopefully it ends up for the good. So, you mean you don't, you know, change your settings in the spreadsheet when something happens, and not say you change your settings? I'm not that petty. I wasn't wrong. Oh God. Any? any, Oh, we're done. Yes, we're done. Anyway, thank you again, Fox. And I guess we'll leave the tangent in there. What do you think? Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Uh, Okay, leave it in. We got the Fox approval. Everything's great. It's 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 a good chat. Go put your pants on. All right, man. Thanks a lot. No, hell no. (laughs) Okay, bye. All right, it was cool. Thanks. Yeah, later, guys.